Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. Everybody having a good snow day off? <laughs> Everybody good? Hanging in? Surviving? It's dangerous out there. Hell, it might be. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. It's going to be dangerous in here, that's for sure. Always is dangerous in here, Ryan Jason. Eagles had himself an afternoon. I've had a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Has nothing to do with the uh, lack of snow. Uh, although I did see Matty Sky tweeted it might be sleeting south of downtown. So What do you it, mean it might be? It, well, oh, she tweeted it was sleeting south of downtown. It might be because we're in a room with no windows to the outside world. No, we have So none. over the next three hours... If the weather does turn bad, we rely on Twitter and you guys. So if the weather does turn into the dangers that we thought it was going to be this morning, although, in all fairness, we had Bill Taylor on yesterday from Ken's TV, and he said, well, I think it's going to be all right. Yeah, he said it was going to be all right. He even said that last night at 10, that he didn't think it was going to be as bad as uh, the National Weather Service thought it was going to be earlier in the week. So that's a good thing, Jason. I don't want, I, I don't need any more snow. I'm over it. I've seen it, you know, enough of it in last February. I, I'm done with it. If I don't see any more snow, except if I want to see it and I want to go ski or, or something like that, then I'm okay with it. But San Antonio, we live in San Antonio for a reason. Yes. Okay. We don't want to see snow. I don't want to see snow. You know, it's, it's interesting. When, when I got in over on Energy 94.1 uh, Low Sessions, who was on with Michael Jimenez earlier today. She she just moved here a couple months ago from Portland. Okay. She came to work at 6.30 this morning, expecting the drive to be this nightmare. <laughs> and she was like, it was just windy. You guys closed the schools for this? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard from uh, a friend of mine that uh, Kamal didn't close yeah, her schools. Yeah, Kamal they went and, to school Yeah, today. Kamal and Bernie, apparently, yeah. yeah, they toughed it out. They did. Once Northside said, we're out. And I think it was Northside that was first. At least that's what I saw yesterday on Twitter. Like every other school did. Like well, if, Domino's. If they're doing it, we're doing it. If they're doing it, we're doing it. So, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about today. Although, I I, I got to say, Ryan Eagle's been with us now. We're, we're coming up on three weeks officially. We are, yeah. We've, what have we done? 13 shows officially. If today is 14. If, if we're keeping count. Right. Right. Well, Joe, you know, corporate said, I've been bitching about my laptop for a long time. And they had some issues the other day. And they, corporate sent an email, you're just going to have to replace that thing. Right. Like, if I unplug my laptop, it's dead in less than 10 <laughs> minutes. And and it's slow. Now, I've had it since the 90s. I mean, it, it's had a good run. <laughs> you know, Joe starts and they send him a brand new laptop in the mail. And it's just been a paperweight, you know, for weeks because waiting for corporate IT to get it set up. And again, you know, they're on the West Coast, and so you like, hey, you know, Joe comes to work at 2 o'clock, and so they'll want to do something at 4. Well, at 4, he's busy, and, you know, they, they worm their way in, but you still have to be on the other end doing stuff, right? right. Let's see, about 2.15 today, 
That's when it started. We started with Joe and his computer. And between Joe Ryan Eagle and grumpy-ass Greg Shelton, <laughs> and some dude on the other end of the computer needling in, it was a comedy show. At one point, I thought about pulling out my camera and videoing you, and I've got the new iPhone 13. It would have been cinematic beauty. But between grumpy Greg Shelton and Joe Ryan Eagle, who was getting grumpy and frustrated... Never! <laughs> Never grumpy or frustrated. You know, Greg Shelton is an engineer here, yes. and, and he's, he's he's really a softy. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a softy, but he you know, he's got this gruff attitude. That's just the engineers, right? Yes. That do that. Oh, we're not supposed to tell anybody that? <laughs> okay. He's really a mean guy. He, no, he's not. No, he's a softy. He, he's he really is. He's a great guy. He's very helpful. And uh, <laughs> we, finally, we finally got my computer turned on, <laughs> okay, because that was the first thing I had to do. So I wasn't sure how to do that. All right, between an engineer <laughs> and a Ryan Eagle, yeah. turning the thing on was a challenge. Yeah. Then resetting a password. <laughs> well, I, I had a password because I have email on my phone, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to do a password for that. But who remembers those things? I don't remember that because on my phone now, I never have to log exactly. back in. Exactly. So I don't remember that. Yeah. So <laughs> Sheldon's looking at me like... You dumb yeah. hey. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, yeah, and, 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 and Shelton uses all the words on the radio you're not allowed to use. Exactly. Which is why he's not allowed on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting. Finally, we get into this little thing where, you know, the, the guy in Portland can get into your computer and do all the stuff that you don't know how to do. Um, so he does it, right? And then I don't know that I'm supposed to then restart the thing. Yeah. So I get an email and he says, uh, you need to restart it and then go here and do that. And I'm like, I can restart it, but then I can't get back in. And so it, it's, been a, it's been a fun day. The, the bottom line, and again, I'm just kind of half paying attention, but because on the help desk ticket, because Ryan Eagle didn't have access to the computer, I set up the help desk ticket through my computer. So now I'm copied on 81 emails. Yeah, there's a bunch. Between 2.15 and now, trying to figure all this stuff out, which is, it, and the you still can't get into your computer. That's the funny well, thing. I, I had to leave it in the office on the go assist thing that the guy can get in and do it. So I'm hoping he's in there doing it. I left it in there. I hope he has no questions because I'm not there to answer him. But needless to say, Jason, I, I don't know what the hell we're doing on the show today. Well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think this is it. I mean, the frustration that that comes with, and it shouldn't be that hard. I you mean, literally think. earlier this week, my phone crapped out. I went and got a new phone and I was dreading every app and password trying to do some sort of reset. And fortunately, most everything has has just transferred over pretty pretty seamlessly. Right. I haven't found anything yet that I'm like, oh crap, what what is that? And it's kind of scary that <coughs> uh, everything can just transfer over like that. I mean, <laughs> like your bank, like everything, everything, just, right? Just like like you're over at the because I was Sprint now T-Mobile, and they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to do this and scan this, and and it clones your phone. <laughs> Where else is he scanning that well, stuff? I dude? mean, right, his private stash over here. He's I got know, everybody's like, bank account. Like, should I just go in and change everything? Because if if I'm like like that's the fear. Like if I had to log out of certain things, I don't know how to log back in. You know, at one point I did the whole. You know, when you get the and I'm getting them now because I got a new phone. You might want to change this password. It was part of a data leak. Blah blah blah. Right, right, right. right. And then if you just go with the 
crazy password that your phone gives you, you're never going to remember that. And they know you're never going to remember that. Well, some phones remember it for you. Well, the, right? I hope they all do. Well, I hope they do too, but I, I don't know where that is on the phone. And then sometimes it will pop up and it will just log you in. But, man, I tell you what, when it comes to technology, <laughs> dude... I do sports for a reason. I'm learning. Because it's easy. I, I'm learning. Right? As as what? we get down the road, when things go south, you're not going to be able to help. Don't call me. I mean, Maggie at the house, right? And <laughs> <laughs> here, here we go. Yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah, this is going to sound weird. And it's a little early in the day, I guess, to start this. But the you know how the toilet seat will kind of break sometimes? Uh-huh. And the little plastic screws. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it stayed that way for a while. So you had to. Well, finally, she crap just got, cook it. No, finally, wait. Well, there's there's the guest room. Oh, right? <laughs> so you go in there. But finally, she decided well to order the screws and do it herself. You know, I mean, and and God bless her for that because that's awesome. I, look, I, I make no apologies. Okay, I'm not a mechanically inclined guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know technology, and you, you can't even fix a toilet seat. Well, I probably could have. But you're too lazy to well, fix the maybe, toilet seat? I, I wouldn't go with the lazy word, Jason. I don't think that's where you go with this. Okay. I, it's just that the, the screws weren't available. All right, so she ordered them. They came in. They sat on the bar for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. guess that was my message to to fix the thing, but she finally did it. And yeah, it works great. She did a great it, job. You know, Maggie is a... Um, she she's a, a a very funny and strong and and talented. It, look, she doesn't need you to fix the toilet. No, she you doesn't. failed the test early on. <laughs> it's I, I, too late, but it, but it is too late. <laughs> it's too late. No, I because I, I'm kind of the, I can't fix a lot of things. No, and I am at the point in my life where I don't even try any, anymore. I have spent more money hiring somebody to fix something that I tried to do on my own. And probably I, I, made worse. It, oh, and I definitely made it worse. Yes. And it cost me more in the frustration. Like if if you you, you get something, you got to put it together. Joanna and I cannot put a thing together. Uh, we will argue. Uh, there, there. I mean, it's World War Three if we're trying to put together, say, a bookshelf, right? And if it, it, like if there's leftover parts, I think I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> There's it, always leftover parts. She thinks you've got to use everything that comes in the bag <laughs> and actually read directions. As it, long it, as the thing is standing, it's fine. If, if there's 10 screws left, it, don't worry don't about it. Don't move it. Just don't move don't it. Don't set anything and on don't it. Don't put any books on it either, okay? and <laughs> It looks good. And that unpainted part on the front of the shelf, it's supposed to look like that. I mean, we did not do that Dude. backwards. Yes, I, I, I get it. I, I, I'm with you there. there. There are certain things that we shouldn't be allowed to do. The scary part is... You call the engineer, and I kind of just expected Shelton to take your laptop back to his office, go back to your cave, and then come back with a working laptop. Instead, I was dealing with both of you in the office trying to figure out how to put email on your damn computer. Did you see the way he was looking at me like, dude? I mean, he was looking at me like I had he three heads. Well, you did. I uh, guess I, I, I did I at mean, the time. You, 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 because in Greg Shelton's world, stuff like that, everybody should know. Well, I'm not sure he knew. Well, he didn't know. But <laughs> but but Greg Shelton would rather be able to be in his office playing solitaire on his working computer <laughs> and and look busy. I mean, have you ever gone into Greg Shelton's office? He's he's got like this ridiculously big office, right? And his desk is all the way in the back with the lights very low, 
and he's got the largest computer monitor, so you never really are sure if he's back there or not. <laughs> he hides and, behind and, that and thing. And by huh? the time, if you were to walk into his office, he's got time to shut down solitaire and pull up something that looks work-related before you can get to his desk and see that he's not doing a damn thing. All I know is he was praising some folks around here for doing work on their own. Like, you know, asking for a screwdriver to put up something, and then I think Pledge went and got a battery on his own, and he said, thank you. You see, And, he, and he said, Joe, you see how these guys just take the initiative and do it themselves? He said, you need to get to that point. Oh, and you will, because if you need a battery, it's easier to go and get one. Did to ask him for it because it will take three days to get that same battery from <laughs> from Greg Shelton. I mean that that's what so it, it's it's been an adventure today, Jason. That's for sure. And uh, dude, the I, I steam don't know, I don't coming know out I, of your ears. I don't know if I learned anything. And again, I, I'm I'm happy you you laid down this uh, rundown here because now I know what's going on. Before I had no clue. So well done, young man. You know we we. Um, We've put a lot of effort into today today's show. <laughs> that was the best part of it right there. That's the only prep I did. And it, it was a great segment. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean it, there is nothing more infuriating than computer issues. I'm telling you. I mean, when your technology doesn't work. Yeah. That To me, there is nothing that will set me off faster than when something doesn't work the way it's supposed to because I'm not capable of just making it work the way it should, as fast as it should, or when you got to go through the help desk guy who just thinks you're a freaking idiot because you don't know how to do this. Well, those guys can do it with their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I can see where it would be frustrating for those guys because I'm asking the most basic questions there are, and it's like I'm sure he's thinking, dude, I mean, have you it's never seen a computer before? Right. I mean, do you not? Well, although, it, do you not play solitaire? It, it, I mean, come on. In defense of Joe Reinagle, this brand new laptop comes with the setting for admin. Right. And the guy kept saying over and over on the email, on the left hand side for the local login, click that. There was nothing there to nothing, click. Nothing. And so he had to worm in to be able to put that on the laptop. And I think if that was there to begin with, like he thought things would have been a lot easier. So the bottom line is, it wasn't my fault. Of course. I knew what I was doing. It's never your fault, just, It was the equipment's fault. It was, well, yes. I blame the equipment. I, I, yes. And the referees. And the fact that you couldn't figure out your password that you just got two weeks ago. There were a lot of bad calls, Jason. A lot of bad calls, buddy. That's why we lost. Would you, no, you just got to stick with <laughs> and stick with your story. Mike McCarthy, four days after the game, is sticking with his story. If he was getting interrogated by the FBI, and we've all watched enough cop shows to know that they're going to grill you and grill you and grill you and look for differences in your story, Mike McCarthy could go rob a bank and stick with that story because he does not flinch. You know, whether it was post game on Sunday, his press conference yesterday, or on with Robin Rudy today, he is sticking with his story that they were right, the ref was wrong. And they didn't execute it properly. No, they he, exactly. But, you know, Cowboy fans that they are, Rob and Rudy, mm -hmm. were kind of egging him on in that direction, I think. Yeah, because that's what they were saying. Well, if the ref would have done this and if the ref would have... I love those guys, but they're Cowboy fans. They are Cowboy fans. But, but again, I think it's the approach that they were taking. Like, 
Rudy, he's not doing an interview. He's having a conversation with the head coach of the Cowboys, and it comes right, across right. that way. It does. You know, like at one point, you know, I, and I, I, I love the way Rudy set it up. Hey, you know, there is this uh, former Cowboy guy with a star <laughs> in his head, uh, three Super Bowls. Um, he really thought CeeDee Lamb should have had more targets. You know, so he's asking him the right question. I'm kicking you in the nuts, but smiling about <laughs> exactly. it, right? And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, well, he's good at that. He uh -huh. really is good yeah. at it. You know, because Rudy just kind of does it in a way where it, it you, you let your guard down. And then he comes in from behind and just whack. Mm -hmm. Bam. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's beautiful. I love it. it, it it's good. And... Mike McCarthy, four days later, same thing. We'll talk about what Mike McCarthy told Rob and Rudy this morning. It was a great conversation. It really was. And you could tell it's the offseason. 23 minutes with the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It, it was outstanding. It really was. I didn't hear it live, but I well, listened. It was at 6.45 it was at 6 in the morning. But, yes, <laughs> of course you didn't hear it live. But I did listen to a, a, a recording of it after the fact, and it was uh, it was. I tell you what, if you missed it, you should find it because it was a great conversation with Mike McCarthy this morning. And you can find it on the audio vault at sasportstar.com, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. Good stuff. We'll play some of the highlights of it coming up throughout the show today. Spurs last night. Outstanding. They did what they needed to do against a bad Oklahoma City team. They did what we thought they were going to do last week to the Houston Rockets. Well, you know, here's the good news, Jason. Finally, for the first time, we talked about this yesterday, for the first time, they're healthy. They've got all their guys there, and they had five guys last night scoring double figures. DeJounte Murray with another triple-double. The guy is, my gosh, what is it going to take to put this guy on the all-star team? Well, he's not going to get in with votes. Well, uh, the and, other the the third round of votes were released today, and still no Spurs. And that, still no know, Dijon. That's unfortunate, but surely the uh, a coach is going to put this guy in the All Star team. He to. deserves it. I mean, he is the way this guy is playing right now is is head and shoulders above most everybody else in the NBA. With with that in mind, as we get nearer the trade deadline, I put Dejounte as an untouchable. But Absolutely. if you're trying to get a haul in return, is DeJounte the most valuable piece you have? You know everybody's going to call for him. The asking price would be astronomical. Well, and that may be the reason that nobody does because of that, and they know that, and the way he has played. I mean, you've the Spurs have got to have a guy to build around, mm -hmm. and right now that guy is DeJounte Murray. Okay, I mean, the way now, he's playing. In the offseason, we thought that guy was Keldon Johnson, and you could get a lot of pieces to put around Keldon for DeJounte Murray. At I still point. think you can. I really do, because I think, I think look, Keldon played well last mm -hmm. night. Devin Vassell played well last yeah. night. Derek White played well last night. So that core is a pretty good foundation. You know, you add some pieces to that core, and I'm not talking about draft picks necessarily, because I think with the with the money the Spurs have, they can get some quality pieces to add to that core and be a pretty solid basketball team. Yep. And again, they're going to make the playoffs this year. Maybe. No, they're going to. Maybe. They will make the playoffs. Maybe. Maybe. They will make the playoffs. Maybe. Now, I, I, I say playoffs. It, it may be the, it's going to be the little play-in tournament. <laughs> but that's the playoffs. It is the playoffs, but it's not the big-time playoffs. I mean, you, you, you get the... Well, uh, of course it's the big-time playoffs. No, it's not. It's a one-and-done situation. Uh, if you win it, you're in the playoffs. It, yes. So you get to the play-in. 
maybe the playoffs. So are you guaranteeing a play-in, or are you guaranteeing the playoffs? Is it going to be a one-and-done or a four-game series? Or a a best-of-seven series? I I, I say four-game series because I figure whoever they're going to play is going to sweep them. Okay. (laughs) Man, ye of little faith. That's terrible. Look, I'm telling you, there are... The, the NBA is weird this year because you have your upper class and you've got the bad class. Mm-hmm. There's really no middle class. Kind of like Miami, right? You either got rich or poor. There's yeah, no yeah, middle class I in mean, Miami. That's, that's the way it is right yeah. now. And, and there is no middle class. It's either you're good or you're not. And even, even a Lakers team. Right now, it doesn't scare you, right? Russell Westbrook gets benched last night, for goodness sake. <sighs> I mean, it's the curse of Russell Westbrook. You know, and, and that team's... Not playing well at all. In well, fact, LeBron James apologized to the fans of L.A. You know, it, it is interesting, and there there could be some implosion with both L.A. teams. But you focus on the Lakers because it is LeBron. And, you know, I saw somebody just commented on Facebook Live about Russ and, and voting. And, right. again, you play for the Lakers, and you're, you're Russell Westbrook. You can't understand how Russ is ahead of DJ and voting. Because it's fans, Esteban. You should know that. It has nothing to do with play. It has everything to do it's with popularity. Contest. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. The Lakers are a dumpster fire. And I love it. I mean, they're talking about firing Frank Vogel. They've lost, what, four or five. LeBron on the podium last night with his hat down asked, how was Russ after the game? Dude, you've been around Russ. You've seen Russ. You want to know how he is? I, I mean, I love how, how LeBron turned the tables last night. But again, you brought Westbrook in. You know what you're getting. And this is a team that LeBron signed off on. That I mean, I don't know how many people are actually surprised that they're going through it, but there is that part of me in the back of my you know head and you know those feelings on your neck or whatever that say once it gets into money time, that could be a really good basketball team that's going to be a hard out because it is LeBron, it is Anthony Davis, it is Westbrook, it is all that talent if they get focused. It's one thing to go through it in January, but how are they going to play in April? And that's what scares you. They they might be a fifth or sixth seed, but they're still going to be a tough out. Yeah, I'm not sure this year. And I, and, and, and I say that because Frank Vogel's obviously, and, and there could be some problems coming up. Mm-hmm. Because Vogel got the okay from somebody, as the story goes, to bench Westbrook for the final four minutes of that ballgame last night. Yeah. And how's Westbrook going to handle that? And will that happen again? And, and you know, moving forward, obviously Westbrook's a problem. And everybody got all excited the other night because Westbrook had this uh, posterizing dunk, right? And it was just incredible. But that's all he's really done all mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, oh, did you see Russell Westbrook? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. But how about he, give me some consistency here. And where has Russell Westbrook ever played that they've won? Well, nowhere. And, and again, he... He's a stat machine. Yeah. And, and I know in Oklahoma City, they used to all box out for him to get the rebound, so he'd get those triple That's doubles. Right. I mean, it was just kind of yeah, – I've never been a big Russ Westbrook fan. I I, I, I respect his game, mm-hmm. but he's just one of those players that I've just never been a big fan of. Everybody thought Oklahoma City, when they had Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, that that team was going to be a dynasty. And it just never turned out to be that way. And part of the problem was Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That was part of the big problem. And, of course, those three guys split and went their separate ways. But, um, you know, you could say the same for James Harden, to be honest with you. And even if you look at the Brooklyn Nets right now, 
you might say, you know, one of the best players on that team, if not the best, is Patty Mills. And they're coming to San Antonio tomorrow. And they're coming to San Antonio tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting to say um, to see because with Aldridge back here, Patty Mills back here, it's going to be fun. The highlight video, the thank you video tomorrow for Patty is going to be incredible. Yeah. And it does kind of suck that those those two are coming back together because I do think the it, it's going to be odd at the AT&T Center tomorrow because I know there will be a standing O for one Patty Mills. Absolutely. I'm not so sure about LaMarcus Aldridge. Spurs fans are polite. Uh, still, I, I, I think there will be a, a, a polite for LaMarcus Aldridge and over the top for Patty Mills. And how do the Spurs put together the highlight video? Or is somebody working on that video as we speak, making sure if we do 90 seconds for Patty, we better do 90 seconds for LaMarcus, or maybe even 91 seconds for, for LaMarcus? I, I, I don't know. I think, think that part could be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, Mike Kikarillo and his crew are in charge of that, so it will be interesting to see. But if you listen to DeJounte Murray Last night in the postgame locker room, he was talking about, he was asked about Patty Mills, mm-hmm. never about L.A., right? And so DJ says, hey, people better stand up and give this guy the respect well, he deserves. What is Patty Mills appreciation game. Absolutely, and it should be. And LaMarcus Aldridge, you gave your 12 back to Bruce Bowen. It's back in the rafters where, where you know, it is, and you kind of go from there. I think tomorrow night's going to be interesting. It, it, it should be interesting. I just hope there's some fans there to see it. I think there will be. I hope so. Did you I, see I, it last night? I mean, you look in the stands sometimes, and it's like there's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah, although the photo that went around Twitter because uh, Jeff McDonald and Tom Warsburn were tweeting about it was taken pregame. And even when the Spurs were winning titles, you know, five minutes for tip-off, the place looked empty a lot well, of times, true. especially in the lower bowl because everybody's in the, it's a in the club event. Getting, getting the free food and drinks. Speaking of Jeff McDonald, did you see his tweet last night? He said there was one fan shouting, <laughs> yeah. put in Primo, put in Primo. And somebody turned around and said, dude, he's in Austin. Oh, oh, clearly not a Blitz Love listener. Love that. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. What did Mike McCarthy say to the boys this morning? We'll talk about it as we continue here on the Blitz. Jane Slater from the NFL Network will join us at 5 o'clock. This is Jerry Jones, and you're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. All right. James Pledger is producing today's show. Yeah, let this play a little bit, okay? Hang on. He told us... Before the show, there was going to be a theme to the show today. And he was going to see how long it would take me to figure it out. But we got to kill this theme right now. This is a great song. No, I'm- it is. It is. It is. It is great. We're not going to have an all-day George Strait bumper music. I don't know why not. That's not the theme. Oh, there's a theme to the show. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's what I mean. He produces a show, but, you know, don't, don't want to tell us what that is. Well, that's good. You know, I, I don't know what you guys I, talked I mean, about I mean, today, right? But, but, I've had my head in a computer all but, day. But, but, but for the first time, I don't know, and, and ever, he's like, hey, there's going to be a theme. And I think that <laughs> might have been the first ever George Strait bump back well on, done, on the Blitz Blake. in well 14 done. years. You know, if we were doing George Strait ticket giveaway or something, I mean, if he was going to unretire again and, you know, go back out and do something, maybe, but no. Dude, you I don't, don't need a reason to play George Strait. It just happens. 
it's appropriate for any occasion. Can, can I say something real quick? You just really distracted me. <laughs> <laughs> just really, really distracted me. For those of you that are watching on Facebook or YouTube, you might have saw that. But a TV guy here, Joe Reinagel, walks around with lights, right? Yes. And so, as you can tell if you're watching the feed, he's, he's I know got where lights. You're going. I don't. But Joe can't see crap. So when he puts his glasses on, the, the, the ring light reflection is right where your eyes are. Look at that. And you, you look like the, the, I don't know, when you're, when you're, when you're fighting with your wife and she gives you that look. You, you got that. I don't fight with I, my wife. I, all right. Well, maybe not your new one. <laughs> Let's go back some. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I've I blocked that out. <laughs> it's good for my mental health. I, I don't know that you can wear your glasses and have this light on at the same time. That's one of the reasons I don't use the light is the reflection on my glasses. Well, you probably should use the light, Jason. I don't know. Well, they're building us a new studio that's built for this, you know, doing things on video. Well, good. I'm And I'm looking forward to that. But I'm, I'm just saying, in the meantime, you might want to think Dude, about the light. It's a face for radio right here. <laughs> it damn sure is. I mean, yeah. That's that's in the dictionary, right? I mean, Radio I mean, face. I mean, There's Minich's picture. I, I know where I stand. I mean, the light ain't going to help much. In fact, no light might be better. Well, maybe. I, I mean, maybe let's, so. let, let's be honest. You know, when you're right, you're right. I, okay? I, I, what, what can I say? I mean, that, that's that's kind of what it what it boils down to. I mean, it's, I, mean I ain't fooling anybody. No. I, I, I know what the deal is. All right. So the theme, are we going to figure that out at some point in time? Or are you going to tell us? Or we'll just figure no, it out. No, he's, he's you know. Yeah, I, I like that kind of show, Jason. You know, we're, a little mystery involved. You know, and, and the, the listeners can chime in and, and they can try and figure out what the theme so, is. Do we need to turn this into a contest? Maybe the, so. The first person that can figure out what Pledger's theme is calls Pledge and wins, I don't know, what do we have? Do we have anything to give away, Pledge? <laughs> we got your computer. You're never going to use that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the company would feel about that, but uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, somebody's got to get some use out of it. <laughs> you know, an autographed uh, Ken's 5 uh, 8x10 of Joe Reinagle. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if anybody you know, want to play for that well, or not. Well, those extra, I, I mean, what are they? Do you guys still have those over there at the TV station? We do, uh, somewhere. I, I mean, I haven't given one of those out in a long time. Though. I mean, they're, they're going to be useless in about a month. You know, we used to actually go to the to the road not they may be more valuable i mean i'm gonna look at it that way <laughs> really in about a month uh, the rare joe reinagle <laughs> hey, ken's hey, five if you've got a reinagle rookie card pal all right <laughs> it may be really valuable man but your rookie card had dan cook in it so that <laughs> would be valuable exactly <laughs> I, maybe I could scrounge up a Dan Cook photo around there I somewhere. Mean, you probably could, but I, I mean, you, you know, you used to walk around with stacks of those in your trunk and would well, hand them to people. We used to go out to places, mm -hmm. right? We used to go to the rodeo. We used to go places, and you know that. Uh, I mean, it hasn't stopped completely. Obviously, the last couple of years, nobody's been going anywhere, but. Um, yeah, we still, we still got a stack of those. The problem is the picture's like 10 years old and you know, I, I look like a baby. You look exactly the same. <laughs> you look exactly the same. Well, thank you, Jason. I mean, that's, you do. That's really kind of I, you. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, I mean, nothing wrong with having a 10 year old Facebook profile picture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it works. I, I just recently changed my driver's license from about 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. I think my profile picture is a couple years old. I think mine is when when the commanders were a thing. 
Well, sometimes, you know, you got to keep the pictures <laughs> well, right. I just looked at, that's one thing I never think about changing. Oh, I never take a picture and go, wow, that should be a profile picture. <laughs> I just don't do that. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I'm not that way. Yeah, we'll Problem is, I had to change the driver's license because the guy at the airport looked at the driver's license. They looked at me and he goes, hmm, <laughs> is this your son? <laughs> <laughs> then I have five daughters, dude. Yeah. <laughs> At least didn't say, is this your daughter? Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, there's the, the positives to everything. So Mike McCarthy was on R&R this morning mm-hmm. with Rob and Rudy. And and I'll tell you what, I give I give Mike McCarthy a ton of credit because he's been beat up for a couple of days now. I mean, since the season ended, McCarthy, should he be fired? I'm in that camp. Uh, but he takes all the bullets. Did a press conference yesterday. And he did do his interviews on 105.3 The Fan today and and with Rob and Rudy. He's maintained those obligations. In in all my years of working with the Cowboys in these situations, I can only think of twice maybe that Jason Garrett didn't do the end of season, and uh, including his last. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, when they canceled that one, you kind of knew it was up. But he he held those obligations, and he went long. In all of them. He talked for damn near an hour on the podium yesterday. And he was on for 23 minutes with Rob and Rudy this morning. And it was a great conversation. I don't even want to call it an interview. It was a great conversation. But he he holds true to everything that he believes and what happened in that game and and and, and where it goes. I mean, and what, what you expect from them. I mean, you know including asking about his job security. And Rudy asked him straight up, you going to be the coach next year? As far as you're concerned, Coach, you're the head coach of the Cowboys next year. Yes, I'm, I mean, that's, okay. that's why I'm here with you today. I'm, I'm, I'm working full speed ahead. And, okay. And uh, as my conversations with Jerry Ben is, is a, it's, it's about, you know, building off the positive things that we accomplished this year and, and um, get through it, you know, Work diligent. Uh, but, but I still process. go back to the pause. There, there was a bit of a pause there. Yeah, that, I'm not that sure. I did, thought it was a little interesting. Did he not understand the question or what? But I don't know. May, maybe in the back of his mind, Jason, he's not quite sure. I don't know. I mean, Jerry has been very quiet mm-hmm. this week, and I can't imagine that Jerry would wait this long and fire him now. So I'm, I'm going to assume waited two weeks. Yeah, but that yeah he wait, he waited eight years with Garrett. I mean, he waited years too mm-hmm. long before yep. he fired Jason Garrett. So yep. yeah, so that's a good point. But I just don't believe that he's going to wait this long to fire him. I think Mike McCarthy will be back next season, but I honestly believe he will be on the hot seat big time and scrutinized big time next season. The Cowboys don't go all the way, and and I'm not talking about even a win in the playoffs. I think if they don't go to the Super Bowl, McCarthy's done. We'll we'll see, because one thing that we did learn with Jason Garrett is when there were circumstances that led to the dismal season, Jerry forgave that. He understood, look, you weren't going to win with Tony Romo hurt or you know those kind of things. And Jason Garrett always seemed to have that bounce back. And and then the what if. Man, if this would have happened differently, that was out of their control. So we'll, we'll see. But I also wonder... While Dan Quinn is out interviewing for every available job, and is Kellen Moore, is Jerry waiting to see what those offers are 
before he makes a decision on Dan Quinn. Like if Dan Quinn, like, I wonder if Jerry made a deal with Dan Quinn before you tell anybody, yes, come see me. That's that's possible, but I mean, you know, time's ticking, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you've got to make that decision. The draft's in April. Mm-hmm. You'd want to have a new head coach in place and ready to go, and and by then, and then you've got OTAs beginning in May. So, and the off season is there. And again, as much as I wanted in the anger following the loss, McCarthy to be fired, he's I he's not going to get fired. I would be shocked at this point. If Jerry were to make that move, I do find it very interesting that Jerry has been this quiet all week. He postponed his radio interview. Originally, we weren't given a reason. Then we were told, well, it's because he was at John Madden's memorial. I, I get that. Troy Aikman was at John Madden's memorial and still went on his regular radio deal right. up in Dallas. Other people were at the John Madden memorial and have done their media obligations and to my knowledge, nothing has been rescheduled yet with Jerry. Well, I just wonder, is Jerry's obligation to 105, what is it, 105.3? Yeah. Is it over? Was that his final show? No, you get a, an end-of-season wrap-up. Okay, so he's obligated for one more show with those guys. Yes. Okay, well, then I, I Jerry's the kind of guy that will do it. I mean, Jerry, what I love about Jerry Jones is he, he loves the media and he sees the importance of the media. And so he will fulfill that obligation. There's a lot of owners that that don't. Yeah. And they just kind of think we're a pain in the butt. But Jerry's not that way, and that's why I love him, and I hope hope he lives forever. But I I give McCarthy a ton of credit for doing the media to close out the year and staying with his his beliefs. I mean, I can disagree with him all I want. I, I think I would be angrier, honestly, if he were to, well, yeah, you know, second, I mean, I know when Mike McCarthy is doing something, he 100% believes he is right, even if it appears to be wrong, even if, you know, the teachings of the, like tapping of the ball, when I've got every paid NFL analyst official, former referee saying that they did it wrong, Mike McCarthy saying, no, no, this is the way we, you know, I got years of training tapes and all this, dude, everybody else is saying you're wrong. Yeah. I don't know who's right or wrong, to be honest, but I'm guessing all these other officials. I would think every the the majority is right, and the in in McCarthy's wrong. I mean, you, he's got to spot the football. Here's here's what I think, though. Not I, just you, tap it. Not just tap it. I think McCarthy really likes Rob and Rudy. I think he has mm-hmm. a good yeah, rapport yeah, with those does. guys. I mean, if you listen they to that all tacos. season long, that well, that too. Yeah. But but you listen to their interviews all season long, and it's just a. It's a good conversation, mm-hmm. and they really seem like they're buddies that they go out and get beer every Friday night. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that I think that helps is what I'm trying Absolutely. to say. That he he comes on for a final interview and spends 23 minutes with those yeah, guys, that, which is incredible. Even yeah. said, man, we might set a record exactly. for the length of this one. And you know, the best part is he didn't have that 7:15 quarterback meeting to get to. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, too. that's that's the bottom line. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250-94.5 FM. It is the Thursday. We'll do What's on Tap in about an hour at 545. Jane Slater will join us coming up at 5. We'll talk more Cowboys and why she was in New Orleans yesterday. Everything's bigger in Texas. San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM.
It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He's Joe Reinagle. Pledge is quickly fading out the music. I don't know what that was. Was that part of the, the whole theme thing? I, I have no idea. That wasn't it. Oh, so he's already derailed the theme. Well, I think Since he... there's a prize, he likes to be mysterious. Ah. Okay. I think, I think that's what's going on. You know... <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting for something there. I know. I I think maybe that's the theme. Maybe there is no theme. The, that's much. the answer. <laughs> that, that that is that is the answer. So I want to ask you a question: Is this a dig at the Dallas Cowboys? This is uh, Coach Lafleur of the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. answering a question about preparing for the San Francisco Forty ers no, I th- I think yeah we we're pretty familiar with each other, so there is, um, I would say, uh, certain things that we know we want to do, and really in every phase, but um, you know, just kind of anticipating that this could happen. We spent some time on them last week. Um, just you know, that's just the respect that we have for for that team, knowing that uh, that they were as capable as anybody to get to this point. Cowboy Twitter's panties in a wad over that, thinking that he's digging them, saying that, they, that that's more disrespect to the Dallas Cowboys, that last week during their bye, they spent some time preparing for San Francisco. The Cowboys deserve to be disrespected, okay? <laughs> if they didn't want to be Here disrespected, they should have beaten the San Francisco 49ers, and then you know Lafleur would have been unprepared for the Cowboys <laughs> this week because he prepared for the Niners last week. So, you know, if you want to be respected, you've got to win. He anticipated that San Francisco might win. At least that's what he said. It might happen. It might happen. My guess is they spent time on their potential opponents. Why would they waste their time on the Cowboys? Well, they weren't going to play the Cowboys in the second round. Well, they, true. They, 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 whoever they were going to play, I'm sure they spent some time on Arizona as well as San Francisco okay, during their bye from. week. I, gotcha. I, think, I think most teams do that. I don't look at that as taking a shot at the Cowboys, or but but a lot of people on Cowboys Twitter seem to think that they were he's disrespecting the Cowboys, and I think it's a bye week. You're spending a little time on everybody. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Cowboy coaches. Spent some time last week working on Tampa Bay. Maybe they shouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, but the quality, the, you know, the guys that get all the film I, and everything I hear what ready, you're right? I right. Mean, so you Sam- scout everybody that you potentially could play. So if you're Green Bay, you're working a little on San Francisco, a little bit on Arizona. I see what you're saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if they spent a little time on Tampa Bay and, and on who they might meet in the NFC Championship game or even taking some time during a bye week to look ahead and spend some time on Buffalo, to spend some time on Kansas City, just getting some basics in, especially if it's an uncommon opponent, to prepare yourself in case you're there at the Super Bowl. Well, maybe you're getting some film, but I, I don't think they're spending any time on those guys. I mean, they're still a long road. They've got two teams they've got to get by, San Francisco yeah. and then either L.A. or or Tampa Bay. So I, I don't know if they want to get that far ahead of them, So especially with Green Bay's history. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to get that far ahead because the Super Bowl... 0-3 uh, in the playoffs well, against San Francisco. And, you know, that should be a little, I don't know, comfort to Cowboy fans because Green Bay has been almost as disappointing as Dallas has been. They just get their hearts broken later on in the playoffs. Yeah. But the yeah. heartbreak is the same. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, maybe Cowboy fans could be be comforted by that, too, that Green Bay uh, feels your pain. Cowboy fans feel like they got run over by a car while doing a live shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which happened. Did you see this? Out of West Virginia, 
this reporter, an MMJ, which means she's out there alone, alone. her own camera person, yep. doing a live shot, and the anchor man tosses it to her while there's a flood. And Tori, they're not seeing any flakes but wet roads, and now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this, water main breaks. Just got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's the first um, one I'm okay. TV, Woo! We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad I'm okay. Now this, You're okay. This reporter You're okay. We're all up. good. She's very polite this to the lady all... that ran her over. And then she does the live shot. The story still gets told. The report, it happens. It's incredible on her part that the job gets done, and she's way too nice. She did it without cussing, which is even more impressive, or without calling the lawyer live on TV. I Because you know there's some personal injury attorney that is advertising all over that newscast. Oh, there's 10 of them that have already <laughs> called her, I promise you. After seeing that video, her phone was ringing off the hook. That's for sure. But I'm going to tell you what, you got to give her the MVP award. Absolutely. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I win that thing, I'm, I'm special delivering it to this young lady because she was outstanding. I've never seen anything like that. And, and you're right. I mean, to not give an O, you're a nothing. What the, no cussing nothing. at all. You're too nice. Oh, lady, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's an accident. <laughs> I, I, no. I'm, I'm crying like a baby on the floor. Uh -huh. and, and my oh, neck, and my neck my hurts. Back. My kidneys are hurting and my legs broken. Something. I mean, my gosh, that. Yeah, if, if you. And don't if, fire me because I just said a whole bunch of words. Well, it was like, her last day or, you know, la, or last, last week. week or something, yeah, right? She so might she need to like, extend that to get the workers' comp. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she may have to. I, I tell you what, she was incredible, and I've never seen anything like that, that in live that, television. That, that was, although two things. You've been hit by a car like that before, maybe set up on the sidewalk. Uh, but, but two, in, in a serious note, MMJs, that is such a dangerous job. Uh, and you you work with a bunch of them at Ken's and all the reporters I know on every TV station here in San Antonio. And when you see them out by themselves, the amount of work that they're doing. And and sometimes uh, I know reporters don't feel entirely safe while trying to get their live shot. That's the dangerous thing. And we've had it happen in San Antonio at KSAT 20 years ago when a reporter on the side of a road got hit, and, and she died. I mean, it's it's scary. I can't believe they're still doing it that way. Well, it's – but she wasn't an MMJ, I don't no, think. No, she, she was walking across the street. Yeah. It wasn't during a live shot. But um, it is, especially at night. Yeah. And and I don't mean for this to sound sexist, but if, if you're a female. Because when you're setting up a live shot and you're getting ready to go live – you have no clue what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You have no clue at all. And so, you know, if you've got a photographer there, at least you've got another set of eyes that that is scanning. You Can know, help you. Hey, so, hey, watch out! There's a so, car coming. So I that will, apparently I, doesn't see us set up here with all the lights. Right. <laughs> I will credit Ken's TV. At night, they typically put reporters out with a photographer. So you know, MMJs don't go out by themselves at night. Now during the day, it's a different story. But at night, they don't do. Yeah, that. it's scary. But man. Hats off to that lady, man. Who I got guess it's hit. hats off. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I give her a lot of credit because she got up and finished the story, and, and you know the anchor guy. 
He's got this look on his face. I'm guessing he doesn't have a monitor in his TV studio because he he was just like, hey, what's going on over there? What happened? I don't know, man. <laughs> like like he is anything but the MVP, the way he handled it. Did it hit you high or low? I couldn't yeah, see. And what kind of a question is <laughs> yeah. that? Idiot. Is your leg broken or is it your back? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that was and dumb. You know, MVP for that young lady. I'm telling you. for going overtime. Like, <laughs> we, are, like we are now. Jane Slater will join us next here on The Blitz. Hey, I tell you what, how would you like to win a thousand bucks? I know everybody needs an extra thousand dollars. You can do that right here with us. All you have to do is go to sasportstar.com. You click on the New Year New Cash Banner. It's right there on the front of the page or under the Giveaway tab. You register. It's that simple. All right, And I'm telling you, it pays not just for the entertainment, but we give you cold, hard cash if you listen to us right here on San Antonio Sports Star all day, every day. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM, soon to be 103.3 FM, coming in February. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Cowboys season is over. Mike McCarthy on this morning with Rob and Rudy on R&R in the morning, owning and staying with everything that he said Sunday night. Let's talk about it. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us now. Before we talk Cowboys, Jane, you spent yesterday <laughs> in New Orleans with Gail Benson working on a project. What was that day like for you? I did, and I've got to tell you, for it was after Mr. Benson's death. You know, I cover the Saints uh, when I'm not doing the Cowboys, so I'd say about 30% of my season. And I really wanted to do this interview with her because obviously it was in the headlines when Tom Benson that one December before Christmas decided that he was removing his daughter Rita uh, from the will and her and her family had no claim to the Pelicans to his trust which is in the multi-billions as well as the Saints and it was just fascinating to me that this woman that he'd only been married to for, you know, 14 years is now in charge of both of these franchises. And she laid out her succession plan, which basically said, we're selling the two franchises uh, after my death. All the money is going to Catholic charities as well as the city of New Orleans. And I just wanted to know who she was. And it was as authentic as you can expect her faith sort of made me want to reinvest in my own. Um, And she just was about as genuine and authentic as any person I've been around. And she really does have a passion for these two teams. And I had reached out to a bunch of people before of it and said, you know, on the record, off the record, what's your impression of Gail? And I had one person say a month into marrying uh, Tom, she wanted to walk into one of their offices and understand the business of football. And so a lot of people around there thought that she was honestly the best person for the job. And I really think that she's, as many people have described to me, she brought a lightness and Tom Pinson often brought a darkness. Uh, But a lot of people think she's doing a pretty good job in New Orleans. And after a day with her, I got to tell you, I felt the same. Her personal life though, before she met Tom Benson was probably even more fascinating. She was married at 19, divorced by 20, couldn't have children, moved back in with her family at 29, married again uh, in her 30s because she had fallen in love with the kids, 
that she stayed in the marriage because the kids divorced him after that and was happily single for, you know, 20 years. And she met Mr. Benson while she was at church and it was on the anniversary of his second wife, Grace's death. And she was initially not into him. And four months into their courtship, you know, he was ready to marry her and told a great story about how Barbara Bush had come on the boat and asked her where her room is. And she says, Oh, it's downstairs. And she said, you don't sleep in the room with him. She goes, not till I get a ring on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there were just some really great moments. The problem is, you know, we spent the entire afternoon with her and she's also investing in a lot of minority and women owned businesses. She says it's not because she chooses women or minorities. They've just honestly come to her with some really great business plans. And one is, Hamper, which for $39 a year, $10, um, you know, a, a hamper, people come to your house, they have washers, kind of like Uber, they do your laundry, fold it and bring it back to you. Uh, and this, this company is, their ROI is 500% already. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I was, we went down there, we interviewed them. So it's, you know, it's, it's just hard to say what all is going to end up in this piece. When we're done with it, it's only a 12 minute piece on NFL Network in February, but I walked away really, really impressed with her, and I could honestly do this whole radio show about it, but I know you've got a lot of Cowboys fans. So <laughs> we we, we, we do, are, and, and Jane, as you talk about... are honestly in good hands. When you, when you talk about after her death, the money and where it's going, I know there's a lot of people listening right now hoping a lot of that money or some of that money ends up back in San Antonio. I don't know how much you know about you know the Benson ties to San Antonio or like when the University of Incarnate Word starting their football yep. program, Tom Benson basically gave them a blank check and the stadium is named Gail and Tom Benson Stadium, Central Catholic High School here uh, for all yep. the dollarships. And you know when the Saints moved uh, spent uh, Katrina time in San Antonio, the a lot of us at the time thought that the Saints actually would permanently move to San Antonio. Well, the succession plan puts in place that it cannot leave New Orleans. Um, they're going to sell it, but the contingency is that it doesn't leave New Orleans. She feels it's important for it to stay there. But they are donating a lot of money. I believe one of the you know the Catholic churches there is getting a bunch of the money. Um, but she's an Algiers, Louisiana girl, um, and just feels like this team, this franchise, and this money can do so much for the city of New Orleans. And so, you know, I think she's the type that'll be canonized <laughs> by the city of New Orleans, <laughs> which she's done. But, we, you know, it was, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, because you see her with the, you know, the beautiful outfits. And, you know, again, we could talk about her for hours, but this is a woman who used to sew her own clothes and now gets invited to, you know, Chanel Trunk shows in Paris. And she's very humble you know, she knows what it's, we really bonded over the fact that she used to flip houses in her 20s. And now that I'm doing it myself, Jason, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of respect for her, especially doing it back then. Well, Jane, I can't wait to see that. And you say in February on the NFL Network? Yes. So uh, I will definitely let you guys know when that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a really good piece. I, th I, I, I really hope I demystify her uh, because I was sort of mystified by her for a while, and we just we had a really good day. Well, I look forward to see how that story turns out, Jane, but I also look forward to seeing how the Cowboys story <laughs> turns out because yeah. right now it seems like uh, there's a lot of chapters that need to be written. What, what's the vibe going on right now? I mean, obviously a, a lot of disappointment, but it seems like there's a lot of work to do to get that franchise back to uh, getting past the first round. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the thing that I 
that when I look at this team and, you know, I've covered them, you know, 2004, again, you know, 2010 to 15, and then, you know, again, for 2014, then again, 2016 to now with the NFL Network, I've listened to a lot of Jerry, you know, and he didn't do his radio show this week with the fan because it's my understanding John Madden's funeral was in San Francisco yesterday. So Jerry and, and of course, the Cowboys uh, brass were all there for that. But Jerry could also find his way to a phone, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I remember that, you know, we kind of saw some of this when they were kind of on the sense of Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula and again with Jason Garrett. Jerry takes some days to sort of chew on things. And when he said after the game he couldn't remember a time he was more disappointed, guys, he was beside himself when Jason Garrett and these Cowboys lost in the playoffs to the Rams. Inconsolable because he felt like they had the personnel and weren't able to get the job done. And he once again said, we've got the personnel. We should be getting this done. And the fact that Mike felt like he kept selling himself today, or was it yesterday, kept selling himself, I can win championships, I know how to do this, I thought that was interesting. And I just think you have to ask yourself, I know that Stephen loves Mike McCarthy. I mean, he tells me that every time I see him, a gentle reminder, Jane, Mike's our guy. And Jerry has said it to me. But I know that Jerry has talked about in recent years the window's closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't have time to have a bad time. That was a bad time. I, could, I was there at the game, the atmosphere, the letdown, to have the number one ranked offense in the league all year and to have that sort of subpar performance uh, in front of a team that squeaked into the playoffs. Uh, a team that didn't have Nick Bosa or Fred Warner in the fourth quarter. It was curious to me. And, in fact, my colleagues said, why would you run a quarterback draw with 14 seconds to go? Everyone knows you don't do that. And so if you brought Mike McCarthy in, and, and he's the one that when I asked earlier this year, you know, why is Kellen calling the plays? Well, he said, if you call it, you install it. But if that offense felt like it was off in recent weeks, or especially at the half, why are you not grabbing – the call sheet and saying, I've got this. Just like last year, my argument was, why weren't you more involved in the defense? And so I feel like it's, you know, now a second year, you can sort of say, well, I wasn't calling it, or that wasn't my responsibility. My responsibility was in-game management, getting these players ready for the game. Well, he failed at that too. (laughs) Because the players weren't ready. I mean, to admit and say that the guys were nervous or had anxiety ahead of this game, if for me, and I don't know about you guys, when I'm prepared for something, I'm not anxious. I'm prepared. And there are plenty of game days where I, I've gone on and I've covered two teams that I'm not used to. And so, or if it's an AFC team and I'm not really focused on them as much, I'm nervous when I haven't done my work, when I'm not prepared. I'm confident when I've had the preparation. And so for me, if that's the one thing you keep telling us you hang your hat on, you failed too. And so I think Jerry is taking all of that in. And I think the next question you have to ask yourself is, can this team be good without Dan Quinn? Because you're probably going to lose him here. Head coach jobs don't come around all the time. And there are plenty of coaches who've chosen not to take that job and stay for the money and have regretted it when I've talked to them about it. And so I think that's the next question Jerry has to ask himself. Does Joe Witt who, you know, is sort of poised to take that D.C. position if, if Dan Quinn leaves, do you have confidence in him? 
If Kellen Moore leaves, do you have confidence in Ben McAdoo? Or do you roll the dice and you offer Dan Quinn this head coaching job? And so I think there's a lot of questions to be answered. And if anyone tells you they know, I will tell you I've done a lot of checking around and it doesn't seem like the people that are in the know know anything right now either. And this was not too dissimilar from how it felt with Jason Garrett and some of those things. And I'm not sitting here saying that anything's going to happen, but I find some of it a little interesting. James Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on The Blitz. And I agree. I, I, at this point, and after two years, I would be surprised if Mike McCarthy got fired. Although, on Monday show, I'm ready for him to go. Because normally two years isn't enough time. And I'm guilty of saying you got to give these coaches time. Like Brian Flores in Miami. he's He didn't have enough time. Uh, but when you take over a stacked roster, you've got to produce more. And Jerry has told us to, he told me in Oxnard when he was on, he knows that he's running out of time to win another Super Bowl. He's not going to be as patient with Mike McCarthy as he was with Jason Garrett. So, Jane, I'll ask you, as Dan Quinn is interviewing for all these head coaching jobs, do you think, or would you put it past Jerry to say, Dan, before you say yes to anybody, come see me before you take one of those jobs? Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> but I do think that there's going to be a little bit of an internal struggle in here, you know, and, and we've seen that in recent years. But I always kind of joke it feels like succession sometimes where Kendall Roy, I don't know if anyone watches this Oh, show, yeah, it's a great show. Kendall Roy's ready to take over, and his dad's essentially like, as long as there's breath in this body, I'm doing it my way. And it's, you know, again, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if anything happens. Now, I was told internally by someone that I trust, that they're not making a move. Mike's their guy, and they're, they're moving forward. But I just think you have to ask yourself, if you're Jerry, you did something you don't typically do last year when you only gave your DC one year, and then you let him go. And then look how well you did by making that bold change. And everyone says, well, Mike, is, he went 12-5. and five. He went 12-5 and five against some pretty terrible teams this year. I mean, the NFC East, Mm-hmm. was a dumpster fire. You swept the entire NFC East because they were that bad. Let's not kid ourselves. And went 6-5 and, and five against everybody won. else. Right, and then the teams that you faced, you were, you were dodging a, a lot of, like, I mean, you played the Patriots uh, without a Tom Brady, with a Mac Jones that was still struggling. I mean, this wasn't the Mac Jones we saw in recent weeks. Um, when you played the Cardinals, the Cardinals didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, and you still lost that one. And then I just I look at some of these other games that they've played this year. I'm like, man, they they dodged this bullet, they dodged that bullet. And so I don't I don't know. And I think Troy Aitman really summed it up best. You might have been 12 and five, but you're judged by how you do in the postseason. And this is what their seventh one and done in 11 seasons, 11 playoff appearances. So I I don't I don't know. They just didn't feel disciplined. I mean, even when they had the fake punt. The fact that they had a player running out on the field. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, you know, the fact that you, you literally don't know, that you say you practice it, and yet you've got the ball there, you don't hand it to an official to touch before you try and snap it, that's bad. You say you study that. And then I told you, it was curious to me, that before the Denver game uh, against the Broncos, they spent so much time on penalties, and they were still the most heavily penalized yep. <laughs> team during the regular season, and then had 14 penalties in the postseason. And so I, I don't know. I just I, I've seen other teams, and when we saw Arizona do it, Denver, they, they don't give their coaches a lot of slack, you know. Um, 
And Arizona didn't give their coach a lot of slack. He only got, what, one year, and then they hired Cliff Kingsbury. And say what you will about Cliff, but at least he got you also into the postseason. Um, I don't know. But so, Jane, Jane, here's the here's the problem, though, the way I see it. I mean, it, you replace McCarthy, say, and say it's Dan Quinn. That defense looks like it's in pretty good shape. You know, the, maybe yeah. some pieces here and there. My concern now is for that offense. That offensive line is not the same offensive line that it was two, three, four years ago. You've got to start making some moves there. You get Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not sure that he's the same player that he was two or three years ago. And and Amari Cooper, who knows if he stays or goes. There's been some trade rumors out there about him. So it's almost like that offense is going to need to retool a little bit. And can they do that, whether it's Mike McCarthy or somebody else? And you brought Mike McCarthy in because he's an offensive guru. You have Ben McAdoo in the building. You've got Doug Nuff. I mean, how how is it that you – and, again, we're talking about an offense that led the league in so many categories, right? The problem is they just couldn't put it all together. And so I, if I'm Jerry, I'm like – it's almost like the analogy I would say is like this house. Right when I think that I've got something fixed, guys, something else is breaking. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh. Uh, <laughs> so I would imagine that's how Jerry feels. For those that don't know, Jane just bought herself her first house. She's adulting yeah. now. And she's I realizing condo happen. life wasn't so bad. But it will, be, <laughs> it will be good when it's all done, Jane. I promise. Guys, I had to tell you a funny story. So I've got a whole bunch of contractors here today. And so there's why there's a hollowness in the living room. And I bring this air conditioning guy, kind of a good old boy. And he puts in this air conditioning unit upstairs. And then I've got another contractor here, great guy, who's been helping me build closets and paint and, and all of that stuff. And so they had had a bit of a dispute over the amps that you need in the wiring. And this electrician <laughs> is claiming that he only needs 20 amps. My guy, who also is an electrician, saying, saying you need 30 amps. And again, I'm learning all of this on the fly. I mean, this is like speaking Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. And so I challenged the electrician, older gentleman, good old boy, and he comes in here and charges up my contractor. And I literally bowing up to him. I mean, I've almost got a fight on my hands. And I'm sitting here going, gentlemen, I appreciate you looking out for me. I need you to calm down a bit. I just want to make sure it's done right. You know, like, this isn't a challenge of your expertise. And, this, you know, the one contractor saying, I'm just looking out for my girl here. And this other guy goes, where's your license? Oh, you don't have a license. You don't know what you're talking about. So all afternoon, I'm dealing with these two guys going back and forth. And I don't know who's right. I'm like, just. Somebody do that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know who's right in that situation, but if 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 one says you need twenty, one says there, I'm going with thirty. And we're talking about electricity, extra thinking. ampage. That's it can't be a bad thing, right? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, it's, can it can get twenty five amps. <laughs> yeah, we split this in the middle, middle here. Uh, yeah, so it's just one thing after another, folks. So what? now that I'm trying to put the pieces. Uh, of a puzzle together, I can only imagine what it's like to own and run a franchise and be as invested as someone like Jerry Jones is. I mean, he genuinely cares. You know, in contrast, talking to Gail, you know, Benson, what I loved about her, she said, I don't make emotional decisions. She says, you know, I like to take some time, be patient, and as long as my people are putting in the work and doing their best and putting in their effort, I respect that. You know, sometimes the ball doesn't go your way. I don't feel like Jerry's necessarily like that. In other words, I think Jerry can be very emotional. And so right now I think he's trying to be unemotional 
give it a few days, and maybe that's why he didn't go on the radio. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when he finally does talk. Jane Slater from the NFL <clears throat> Network. Are you are you off to Green Bay or anywhere fun this weekend? I am not. Thankfully, I'm going to be fully focused on continuing to get this house in order. Mm-hmm. Hopefully next week I'm moving, and then um, TVD about a Super Bowl assignment, and then Combine. So those will be my next. And then God forbid that there is a coaching change, then I would be very, very busy. But I don't see it. I honestly don't see them making a coaching change. But I do believe if they keep Mike around, I think it's a no-brainer. He's got one more year. Um, he will be on the hot seat. Yeah, it'll be an interesting season if that happens for week, sure. We'll talk about championship games and uh, off-season needs personnel-wise for the Cowboys. Jane, get back to work on the house, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Always fantastic. She's the MVP for today, having to deal with a couple of contractors, <laughs> then coming on with us. Yeah. I mean, she, that's uh, woo, That's double duty today. And you, know, and, and, you, and you think about what a great analogy, though, is you know, you've got the one saying this, the one that. You wonder with Jerry and Steven, as Steven is obviously taking on more and more responsibility, even though Jerry is still making all the final calls. And we've seen it over the last five, six, seven years of Stephen having a lot more input. And even Jerry at training camps deferring to Stephen on certain decisions. But the head coach is still going to be Jerry's final decision, but he is going to take Stephen's role into the account. But I just look at, what happened with one of the things I say on this show a lot, Aaron Rodgers should have more than one Super Bowl. Absolutely. As great as he is, he should have more than one Super Bowl. The coach for the majority of his career was Mike McCarthy. Yep. And and a lot of, uh, you know, some players that came out that played for McCarthy in Green Bay. There was a lot of mm-hmm. criticism mm-hmm. of Mike McCarthy. That's why it was a head scratcher. When the Cowboys hired McCarthy, I thought it was a head scratcher, but I thought, okay, they wanted a name, they wanted a guy that's that's won a Super Bowl, and maybe he's the guy to take you back. But you know, thus far, just looking at the Cowboys, and and last year is kind of a wash, but this year, as undisciplined as they were, and unprepared in many games that they were, I mean that that is a real concern. Well, and I saw a tweet rolling around credited to Tony Dungy that. Prepared teams aren't nervous. Yeah, that was the craziest uh, statement I've ever heard. And him saying that. And then with Slater saying and he pointing out. He walked back, by the way. Yeah, well, sure. Right. He had to. But yeah. I think he was honest when, when he yeah, said that. I think that, you're right. right? But I, I think Slater bringing up that he sold his resume a lot in the press conference yesterday. And he did this morning with the boys. I didn't think about it until she said it that way. But it's almost as if. Yeah, dude, I know how to win. I've won before. I, 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 I mean, no or new are two different things. I mean, because it's been a while since you hoisted that trophy. Right. It, it's been a decade. Yeah. Since you and I realize you only get to do it so often. And thirty-one teams end their season in disappointment. But we wanted to see progress this year at the end. And ultimately, you're out in the first round of the playoffs. Show me your progress. There is no progress. And you can lead the league in stats. You can have a 12-5 and record. You can uh, look really shiny during the regular season. But in the NFL, it's all about the playoffs, and it's all about winning games then. And the Cowboys just have not been able to do that. No, and this weekend we're going to have a couple of days of great playoff football, both Saturday and Sunday. Neither will include the Cowboys. Second of takes. 
The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. The Joe Reinagle theme song. The it is Beach. The Blitz. Here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Pledge is getting an A for the day. I'm Jason The Minix. music is outstanding. He is Joe Reinagle. He has bad taste in music. You know who doesn't have bad taste in music? Who's that? John McClain. No? John McClain of the Houston Chronicle doesn't have bad taste in anything. Well, I'd be interested to hear what John <laughs> McClain's favorite music is. Like Bob Seger, I like that old-time rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well done. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle joining us here on The Blitz. John, I don't know what it's like in Houston. In San Antonio, the all the schools were shut down today. We were expecting a snow day. It's cold, but there's no snow or ice. There's no snow or ice in Houston. It's cold. People freak out when it gets cold. But I tell you what, guys, nobody wants it like it was last year when our Ugh. grid system totally failed us. And we went through what I think is the worst experience of my life and i've been in texas now for 70 years but i have never slept in a chair wearing ski clothes getting up every hour to flush the toilet to make sure it continues to work and i did that for three days oh man every hour this, all of us are having flashbacks <laughs> i know it it was the, terrible. Last terrible john before we talk texans in their coaching search I want to get your expert opinion on what you saw from Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday and the fact that four days later he is still holding true to his statement that he thought they did everything right on that final play and that the refs and everybody talking about it are wrong. Well, he is wrong, and it's clear as day what the rule is. I don't know how he could say that. McCarthy said they practice that play all the time. Well, if they practice it all the time, why didn't Dak Prescott go down sooner? Why didn't he hand the ball to the official instead of his center? Just handing the ball to the center, by the time he gave it to the official, you could have had a play after you, after you downed it and had one more shot. It was poorly executed. It was a stupid call when you leave yourself that little of a chance. And they shouldn't have been in that situation. The Cowboys... Should have won that game. I picked them, I think, by a touchdown. They have more talent, both sides of the ball. And then when the 49ers lost Nick Bosa, their best pass rusher, Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers in the league, and the Cowboys still lost. And it certainly wasn't because of the Cowboys' defense. Jimmy Garoppolo did everything he could to get the game sure back. Did. <laughs> but the Cowboys' offense did not come through, which is pathetic when you consider they led the league in scoring in yards. It was just bad coaching and bad decisions by Dak Prescott. Which raises the question, and we've been talking about it all week, John, should Mike McCarthy be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year? Joe, he's been there for two years. You know, he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, probably should have won more. And um, he's got two lot properties on his staff, although Kellen Moore didn't distinguish himself in that game. And and Dan Quinn's one season removed from being fired. Now he's hot property because of the great job he did with the Cowboys. I'm Maybe both those guys will be gone. Maybe Jerry Jones will pay them so much money they'll stay. But 
other than Cliff Kingsbury, going into next season, there won't be coaches on a hotter seat than Mike McCarthy and Cliff Kingsbury based on what happened to them, not just playoffs, but at times during the season. It was inexcusable for the Cowboys to blow that game. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle joining us here on the Blitz as he does every Thursday. John, it seems like everybody's interviewing for the Texans head coaching job. I'm not sure why Heinz Ward got an interview, but <laughs> what, what, is there a leading candidate right now to, to become the next head coach of the Texans? Are you hinting that you want an interview? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I, I mean, sure. I mean, I'd love to spend an hour with Jack Easterby. Ah, boy, you can find a whole lot better ways to spend an hour. Uh, first of all, I believe Heinz Ward is the receivers coach at Florida Atlantic. I believe his agent probably asked Casario for a favor to help get his name out there to let people know he wants to come back to the NFL. And if that wasn't it, maybe Casario's interviewing him to see what he thinks about him being a receivers coach here, even though they have a receivers coach and they're waiting to make any more changes depending on what the new coach wants. And and they've interviewed two coordinators who've had one year as a coordinator. Brian Flores knows Casario. They were together for 15 years in New England. They worked together in scouting. They worked together in coaching. He knows Casario. He knows Jack Easterby. He could understand the dynamic that they have here with Casario and Easterby where you bring in another coach, he may get in here and go, whoa, what, what's this? What do you mean this guy's trying to tell me what to do? He knows nothing about personnel. And then Casario, of course, is like a coach in practice and is on the headphones in the, in the coach's booth during games like he was in New England. So I, as I've written and said, I'll be shocked if it's someone who doesn't have New England ties. Kevin O'Donnell, who uh, the offensive coordinator at the Rams, another one-year guy, he played one season in uh, New England, so he knows Casario. But I still think Flores should be the leading contender. They're talking about Flores being the leading contender for the Giants and the Bears. They don't even have a general manager. If they were to hire Brian Flores or force a general manager to hire him, they'd be back in the same situation. That's not where you operate. You hire a GM, you let the GM uh, conduct the search and make the recommendation to the owner. If you don't do it that way, then you got no business having a general manager. You might as well operate like the Cowboys, who haven't won a playoff game since uh, 1995. Ouch, <laughs> ouch. John, i got to ask you, though. We, we were listening to Casario on a radio interview this week, and I tell you, I need an engineering degree to try and figure out what he was saying. I mean, this guy was dodging questions better than, uh, than anybody I've ever seen, and there was no logical answer to anything he said. Is that on purpose? Absolutely, Joe. That's the way he did in New England. He learned from the master. Now, he talks a whole lot more than Bill Belichick, but he says just as little. And he's mastered the art of that. And you look for little snippets. For instance, he called, He said Jack Easterby has been a punching bag. So now we're calling Easterby the punching bag. And he said uh, some of the criticism that he's received is not is. Not just. Well, he didn't say a lot of it or most of it or much of it. He said some. So I'm kind of guessing Casario wishes he hadn't talked about that. My show in Houston today, we spent the first segment just ragging on Easterby like we do on all my six appearances here. And Casario pointed out, you know, the way he said they're not going to ever play Watson again, which we've known for 11 months, 
and there's a bunch of numbskulls around the country trying to say if Brian Flores got hired, Watson would want to come back. Uh, no. Watson hates his team. He doesn't want to play here. He's caused them unmitigated ill with his trade demand and his 22 civil suits for sexual misconduct and assault. He will never take another snap with the Texans. So the way Casario put it in there, he said something convoluted, but what he meant was he'll never take another snap for us. Sometimes you need somebody. You know how you have people, if they don't have closed caption, signing Mm-hmm. The way somebody talks and somebody, you need somebody next to Casario interpreting what he means. And uh, you have to sift through it to figure it out. But he's a genius that way. And well, I think he's well, a good GM. I think he knows what he's doing when it comes to personnel. All the draft choices showed promise. He's going to have a lot of picks next year, hopefully num- multiple number one picks. And uh, But when it comes to talking, it's the New England speak. Well, it, but But, John, I thought you were the guy. Or at least you are for us, anyway. This is what Casario said, and then we get John McClain on to say, this is what he meant, right? Yeah, what he said, what he meant. Right, like I just said. Yeah. <laughs> what he meant was uh, Deshaun Watson will never take another snap for the Texans. And what he said was, Jack Easterby, some of the some of the criticisms unjust. I love what he meant was, and some of it's accurate. I love how he said some of it, uh, not all of it. They're just some, some of it. Some of it, yeah. Yeah, that, that Easterby guy is something else. John, with the uh, games this weekend, who do you like? The best game I think everybody would agree is going to be the Bills at the Chiefs. Yeah. After the way they were so extraordinary in their first playoff games, and Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes were just magnificent. I can't wait for that game. It's supposed to be cold, sunshine, no snow, I know rain. Maybe I don't know about the wind, but I can't wait. And the other one I'm most interested in, because it's the ASC South and the former Oilers, is the Titans hosting the Bengals, two entirely different offenses. The Bengals have scored more touchdowns outside the red zone than any team. The Titans are welcoming back Derrick Henry. And how many carries will he get? You know, the odds say over under 18.5. I would say under, but if he feels good, Mike Vrabel will ask him, how do you feel? And if he says, Coach, give me the ball some more, they'll give it to him some more. That's going to be an intriguing game to see if the Titans can shut down Joe Mixon and get after Joe Burrow and keep them from hitting the long ball. I believe the Bucks will beat the Rams. And I believe that uh, the 3-0 lead, the, the 3-0 record the 49ers have over Rodgers in the playoffs is going to end. And then in the NFC, we're going to have Brady versus Rodgers again at what a game. That should be. But traditionally, guys, this is the round that is the best round because the favorites, except for the Cowboys, <laughs> usually win in the wild card round. And those games were so decisive, and except for the Bengals, Raiders, and then the Cowboys, of course. But this week, I think it's going to be tremendous. I thought the Cowboys would be playing in this round, and I think just about everybody outside of Northern California felt the same way. Yeah, and it's too bad that that would have been a great matchup to at least talk about, right? Tampa Bay and Dallas and, you know, having those two teams go at each other, that would have been a lot of fun. But I got to tell you, John, I knew I liked you for a reason. See, I grew up an Oilers fan, so I'm a big Tennessee Titan fan. I just followed them to Tennessee, and I'm, I'm happy about it. So I'm hoping that the Titans can finally get it done. I I picked before the season, then in the Chronicle, to have on-field advantage 
but lose the championship game to Cleveland. Shows you what I know. <laughs> and uh, I think if Derrick Henry could touch the ball 15 times in this game, that makes their play-action game be what it was, the best in the NFL. He's got A.J. Brown healthy, Julio Jones healthy, offensive lines healthy. This is the healthiest that the Titans have been since early in the season. While most teams are still beat up, they will have no injury or COVID-19 issues. There would be an excuse for them to lose the Bengals. If they lose, it's going to be because of Joe Burr and the Bengals' offense is better. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Fun weekend of football on tap. Make sure you're following John McClain on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, always appreciate your knowledge and insight, man. We'll talk to you next week. Jason and Joe, thank you guys very much. Hope you have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. You going to break out your Cody Carlson jersey for Sunday? Not Cody Carlson. No, I told you Vince Young. I don't know where the Cody Carlson jersey went. I wish I could find that thing. I don't know if it it, it may still be like Goodwill. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, you might get one of those on eBay for five bucks. Nah, 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 nah. I, I've got to upgrade. Okay, I'd really, <laughs> you know, I might just have to go out and purchase a, a Derrick Henry jersey for this weekend. You might want to hold off on that. No, you might want to wait. That you you think Cincinnati's going to beat Tennessee this week? We'll do all our picks tomorrow. I'm just asking. I need a hint. Is that what you're thinking? Look at you. You're just doing that out of spite. No. You don't really think that you're a smarter guy than that. I, I, I will show you the picks where my money is going. Okay. So what I might say here might be a little different than where my money is going. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, I keep it the same. But, yeah, I the way Cincinnati's been playing, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I kind of like John. Derrick Henry's first game back, what is his workload going to be? Doesn't matter. They, they, they've got a pretty good running back in Foreman, too, that, that they can swap out, and, and they're just going to hammer Cincinnati. And that's going to be the problem, and they'll be able to wear that defense down. Hey, look, Cincinnati, quite honestly, escaped by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, all right, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, very so. good Raider team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you go with an, that. An inadvertent whistle. Yeah, an inadvertent whistle helped them out. I mean, it was a very good Raiders team that beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, for, too, wasn't it? It was. That was it a was, great team. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, but for Cincinnati to get a playoff win for the first time since 91. I'm happy for Cincinnati doing that. I'm happy for Joe Burrow. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Yep. But I just don't think they're going to be able to go into to Nashville and knock off Tennessee. That's hey, your you powder heard, blue thinking. You heard uh, – this is my sports guy thinking – I would tell you if I would tell you if I thought Tennessee we'll, we'll was going to lose. We'll wait for tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll do all our picks tomorrow. Tennessee's too physical for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's finesse. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's pound up. Mm-hmm. There you go. Is, is that right? Huh? Absolutely. Ryan Tannehill versus Joe Burrow. Uh, it, it doesn't come down to that. <laughs> not at all. And, and Tannehill's okay. Tannehill's not going to make those mistakes. He's going to be all right. He, he. I rode Ryan Tannehill to the bad quarterback league championship for a reason. Hey, it's a Thursday. Uh-huh. Time for What's on Tap brought to you by <laughs> Sam's Burger Joint. If you've got an event happening this weekend, if you're in a band and you've got a gig this weekend, you want us to promote it for you, tweet us. At Joe Ryan or at, at Joe, Joe Ken's five, <laughs> at Joe Ken's five, at I am Pledger. Tweet at me at Jason Minix. What's on tap coming up in just a couple of minutes? Don't mind the brake lights. We'll get you there. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty and ninety four five FM.
used to be. <laughs> Karaoke time with Joe Reinagel. Hey. All right. Coming up just after 6 <laughs> o'clock, a headline in the New York Times that we will talk about. Oh, man. Thank you uh, wait, for that, wait, wait, Rob Thompson. Yeah. I tell you what, I, that was a, I, I haven't laughed that hard in a while. We are uh, stealing, I guess, from <laughs> R&R in the morning. Oh, we're stealing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, that's coming up at 6 o'clock. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Woo! That might scare everybody well, that is a male. I, I, I'm telling you. Uh, maybe a female, it, too. <laughs> it, well, yeah, there are a lot of ladies who would be upset about this. But, but this headline alone. To me, <laughs> if you're on the fence about getting a, a COVID shot, getting the vaccine, this right here will make you go get your shot. Well, yeah. But, I, I'm just saying. But we'll, we'll save that yeah. for just after 6 o'clock. It might be the scariest <laughs> damn headline I've seen in a long time. It is Thursday. It's time for What's on Tap. The Blitz wants you to know what's on tap. Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. Their full menu, their full lineup online at samsburgerjoint.com. They've got the Jeff Jacobs Band out there tonight. Tomorrow night, they've got Nightbird, a Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks tribute band that I have seen. They are fantastic. I'd love to see that. Saturday night, Two Tons of Steel. Them too. That's a good one. Irie Towers out there on Sunday. And next Wednesday... A guy that used to play with Jethro Toll, his name is Martin Barry, maybe? Bar? Bar? Bar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know is at one point, apparently, he was with Jethro Toll, and that's how you know who he is. Uh, he'll probably do Aqualung, and he's got special guests that are going to be with him. I don't know who, but um, if you're a Jethro Toll fan, next Wednesday, be out at Sam's Burger Joint. Oh, way to go, Sam's Burger Joint, man. They are bringing it. There's some good entertainment at Sam's Burger Joint. Way to go, guys. Hey, at Green Hall tonight, we got Bo Porter. Have you ever heard him? Have not. Okay. LOL Comedy Club, Samuel J. Comro. Picks Bar, that's a place you like to go. Van Full of Nuns. <laughs> Pop Punk Night. I won't be there. I'm sorry for that one. Now. You're not going to go see the Van I, Full of Nuns? I, I don't think so. Um, no. Aztec Theater, Archangels. Here, Floors Country Store, Colby Cooper. I don't know Colby, don't know but he I've sounds like he should be playing at Floors Country well, Store. Well, if he's playing at Floors, it, it, he's probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tobin Center with Fortune uh, Feimster. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm not sure what that is. And Paper Tiger is still woozy. I'm sure I would enjoy what's going on at Paper Tiger. I'm sure you would not. I've gone into Paper Tiger not knowing who the bands are. and uh, now, Where is Paper Tiger? It's uh, down on St. Mary's. Okay. Is Joey still down there? Joey's just literally across the street. Man, I used to hang out at Joey's all the time. We all did, right? When was the last time you went out? Man, it's been a long... Now that you're back in radio, not like big TV star, you need to go down to St. Mary's. I need to. It has nothing to do with being a TV star. Yeah, it does. I love Joey's. Uh Uh, Floors Country Store on Friday night has something that's an FFA kickoff dance. Gerlock. Is that what that is? That's what that is. All right. Aaron Stevens' band is out at Green Hall. Uh, Samuel J. Comro is still at LOL Comedy Club. AT&T Center tomorrow night, the Patty Mills celebration night as he returns with the Brooklyn Nets and some dude named LaMarcus Aldridge. And yeah. I guess Kyrie's going to be able to play here because That's we're, right. we're in the great yeah. state of Texas. So Kyrie will be here tomorrow, a little lighter in his wallet after cussing out some fans. Um, what is the Bling Tiger Comedy Club? 
I don't, I don't know. Our producer's not even paying attention. <laughs> Bling Tiger. I've never heard of the Bling Tiger Comedy Club, but Dave Nehill is playing out there. Well, I hope Dave Nehill has heard of the Bling Tiger Comedy Club because he's going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> Google Maps. Yeah, I'm really sad that Pledge did this because I don't know the old 97s, but they're probably good. They're great. Green Hall on Saturday night is sold out. So if, if you got a ticket to that, you could probably scalp it for some cash. Yeah, there's always tickets available. Samuel Comrose at the Comedy Club again. The Aztec Theater, you got an evening with Alan Stone. You've always dreamed of spending an evening with Alan Stone, haven't you? I, I really have. Yes, I know I don't you know have. who he is, but it sounds fun. An evening with Alan Stone. Hey, Floors Country Store on Saturday night, Josh Ward. Pick's Bar has the Mott's and Krause's Beer Garden. The Ali Matisse Band. All right. Sunday, Joe Reinagle's going to be out at Picks for karaoke Sundays. Ah, hey, I, maybe so. I, I tell you what, though. Sunday, and, I, and I'm hoping it's a late show after football, Seth James is playing out at Green Hall. He's one of the better guitar players in the state of Texas. All right. That dude is phenomenal. And all them witches, they're going to be playing out at Paper Tiger. And the Spurs, they're in action on Sunday against Philadelphia. Well, that's got to be almost wrapping up their road or homestand, isn't it? I mean, they've played a lot of home games. Yeah, yeah. another ten days. Hey, we got music on uh, on Monday night out of Green Hall. Brett Graham is out there, always good, and and Wally Robles at Picks Bar. Green Hall has Austin Gillum on Tuesday night, Wednesday. The Hot Texas Swing Band. Yeah, there you go. Ah. Sounds like a wild Wednesday night. Music just sounds better at Green Hall. I don't know what it is. It just the beer is colder. That's it. That is What's on Tap brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint online. Sam'sBurgerJoint.com coming up. We'll do Grilling with the Blitz. Give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market and a story that will scare the hell out of you. Yes. It will. You'll probably wear your mask. You probably will go get a COVID vaccine. Joe Reinager, Jason Minnix, The Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star. <coughs> Excuse me. ESPN AM 1250. You all right? 94.5 FM. I'm You're little, nervous, aren't you? a little uncomfortable with, <laughs> with this story. And some of the comments. Oh, that's, a, that's the best part. Coming in from our crew on this very cold day in San Antonio. Before we get to this, you know, it, it's 6 o'clock on a Thursday. Yes. Grilling with the Blitz. Brought to you by Tri-County Meat Market. We got a $50 gift card to give away to Tri-County Meat Market. Now, all week I wanted to see some chili photos, but today's the day you're going to be outside or, or inside doing your chili. Which is, you know, chili meat's on sale right now at Tri-County today and tomorrow. And I'm looking at photos. And you know, I'm a big rib guy. Yeah. Joel sent in a photo of his sticky ribs that just look fantastic. Those really do look good. Spare ribs smoked with... Applewood for six hours. You know, I, I think that um, along with the picture, Jason, there should be some samples brought in. <laughs> I mean, look at this. I, that would that would taste delicious right now. It, it would. And if anybody wants to barbecue and bring some by, we're good for that. We're okay with that. But in reality, there's none left of this. No, that was that was gone. I don't know when he made that, but that looks fabulous. It does. That's, that's, wow. That's a good-looking rack of ribs. You, my friend, Joel, <laughs> you win yourself 
a $50 gift card to uh, Tri-County Meat Market. If you're doing some grilling, especially if you're doing some chili, make sure you upload those photos at sasportstar.com. We do Grilling with the Blitz every Thursday where we give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. You know, it's cold outside. (laughs) According to my phone, 34 degrees. Okay. Right? Yeah. A lot of guys, if you're outside, you know, there's when you're cold. Yes. They're, 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 well, shrinkage. It's a real thing. It is. Shrinkage and COVID, (laughs) to my knowledge, has never been tied together until now. There is an article that Rob Thompson just sent us from the New York Post. (laughs) The headline, man claims his penis shrank one and a half inches because of COVID. Now, imagine, you know, one of the words that we all use for that, you know, you hear about like COVID brain or your COVID cough or things that go, imagine your COVID, mm, right? Uh, According to this guy, his doctor says COVID is the reason he lost an inch and a half. I want to know who his doctor is. And number one, that's number one. Number two, (laughs) how does he know? I mean, is this guy like, is he, uh, is this a regular thing to measure and, and, and to figure out wh- where it started? And now, you know, and this guy's pretty precise. I mean, uh, well, an inch and a half. I mean, an inch and a half might be, you know, I, I, I lost an inch and a half. If he would have said an inch and, you know, a quarter, you know, I, I'd wonder if he's rolling around with the state measure. If well, he's got a, if he's got a ruler. So I, I wonder if, if he measured or, Maybe his significant other said, hey, it just doesn't seem the same. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, it, it apparently he's he's uh, single. And, oh. And, and, and according to him, uh, according to this New York Post article, apparently a little ED is a byproduct of, of COVID. I was in the pool! <laughs> Pledge. <laughs> Thanks, Pledge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but when you when you um he was he was having trouble but you know there's medicines you know I, yesterday we were talking about uh, uh, what were you calling them romance chemicals there yes, are romance chemicals there are. to help in that area but as it was coming back it wasn't coming back all the way according to him I was in the pool <laughs> well you know and I, have you seen the picture. I mean, did, did the newspaper go out and take a picture of this guy? I mean, he's, he's yeah, he's very upset. Uh, Dr. Ashley Winter, who is a urologist in Oregon, insists COVID, I can't say the D word, and they do no, in this you can't, article. can't say that, COVID, right? COVID penis is apparently a real thing. <laughs> and, and it has to do. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I was in the pool! Come, come. I have a hard time saying that. Can we like say like wiener? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kid friendly. <laughs> I guess that is. You know, I just don't understand. I've got a lot of questions here, and I really, I really want to. I'll, I'll, what, I want to understand. As, as a journalist, I want to uh-huh. understand this. Well, as first a, of all, how does he know it's an inch and a half? Second of all, <laughs> I mean, he's the only guy that's complained about. It. Now, are, are guys just ashamed? They don't want to say I had COVID, and guess how, what? I got COVID. How, how many are going to claim they've lost an inch and a half? I mean, imagine you're sitting around with your buddies at the bar. That's something you're not going to bring up. Well, this guy called the newspaper. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, apparently he wrote into a 
a uh, a, a podcast. Uh, and, <laughs> That's and, even worse. Well, and, and what what's worse is, and yeah, you know, you're you're right. The the guy. Uh, I don't know if these are stock photos or this is the dude looking all frustrated in his bedroom, but he claims to <laughs> he was uh, above average size prior to, and now he's below average size. Now I don't and know. Struggling with his confidence, <laughs> he claimed that a medical advisor had attributed his uh, his problems to vascular damage caused by COVID and warned that the impairment was likely permanent. Well, you know, you, you have to adjust. You have to overcome. You, hey, it's small, but it's a fighter. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it shouldn't really matter, but it has a profound impact, impact on my self-confidence and my abilities in bed. What? You can't give me back what's missing. I can't, I'm not even going to read that part well, of it, but it's it's in the newspaper. Um, with a picture of the guy looking very frustrated. He -hmm. says, I'm a heterosexual man in my thirties. He said anonymously, only referring to himself as coming up short. (laughs) You know, talk about getting the short end of the stick, right? I I mean, mean, uh, (laughs) pledge writes up, you know, COVID dingling, dingling disorders. I mean, you know, (laughs) there's things you can do. I guess. Um, well, you know, I'm happy the guy survived, or maybe he's not. I I, I don't know, but wow. I, to be in the New York Post is, uh, that's impressive. Is it? Well, I don't know, but... I, I mean... I've never been you, in the New York Post, have I mean, you? Do you? No, but I mean, does he send a link to this to his girlfriend? Well, I hope, probably I, I mean, not. I mean, does he sing a, you know, does he frame it and put it on the fridge, and then his mom comes over and starts reading about it? Is it impressive? Because I thought he was claiming that it was impressive. That's what he said. At one one point it was impressive, and now it's less impressive. But he's in the New York Post. Well, how impressive could it be if he just lost an inch and a half? It should still be average then, if he was impressive to start with. Uh, Well, I mean, again, he was above average, lost an inch and a half. Now now he feels like he's below average. So so is the, you, you know... well. What what are the measurements for average, I, I below I, I average, or above average? I, this is very uncomfortable, I'm, right? I'm, I'm just, I, I'm I, just I, wondering. I, I don't know. My journalistic instincts are taking, oh, I want to know. I mean, what do you consider? I, I know what a medium rare steak is. What's a medium rare? I, I'm, I'm ding-a-ling. I'm just... <laughs> What's the conversion rate in centimeters? I, I'm just, no, we go inches here, man. Um, although... I think you're right. If you were to tell somebody you were whatever centimeters, I mean, that Sounds would sound way really <laughs> that big, would sound right? great. <laughs> like liters or gallons. Exactly. <laughs> Kilometers. Well, I want to thank Rob Thompson for that segment. I just can't wait to hear what Rob and Rudy have to say about this tomorrow morning. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think um, you, you need to go find some, some single ladies out there that can define what average is and what is above and what is below. And and go from there. What I'm curious of, the from the urologist, is this true? He's the only guy that we'll ask our doctor when he comes on on Tuesday. He's an orthopedic <laughs> doctor. He ain't going anywhere near this. <laughs> wow. What what do you say with that? If you twist, pull, or pop something. <laughs> a different kind of bone. Oh, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> they deal with cartilage, don't no, they? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. Wow. Uh, if you're a urologist, is this true? Six five six ESPN. Please call us. Six five six three seven seven six. Not trying to th- sound like we're in the fifth grade. Or you can tweet. Well, it's too late for that. It's, it's way too late for at, that. At I am Pledger, at Jason. Well, I, I mean, if that is a legitimate um, byproduct of catching COVID, I'm guessing a lot of guys right now who have not been vaccinated would go get a shot tomorrow. Well, you can still get COVID. So if you're vaccinated and still get COVID, can you still get that? Well, Poor guy's but, but situation. He, he had it in July when it was the bad COVID, where people were oh. were a lot like. So like, you, so with this COVID, you may only lose an inch I, I, or a half. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it. I mean, this strain isn't as devastating as as the original strain, right? And and if you're vaccinated, you you tend to have milder symptoms because that to me is a major symptom. Get Doctor Fauci on the phone. We'll ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, this guy sounds pretty devastated. Well, he is definitely, but he had the devastating COVID, and you know. But back in in July, and you know when it was, this is the first I've heard of this. I mean, have you heard of it before? I, well, did you read the whole article? They've got a couple of different doctors, and they're saying that this is a real thing, and uh, they've been treating it and seeing it as a byproduct, which has got me scared to death. But at the same time, the the you know, I haven't heard it publicly said because I'm guessing a lot of guys aren't going to. Well, then I I've got a business idea. We need, we need a rehab. We need a rehab for these poor guys so they can go and sit in a circle How do you... <laughs> and talk about what's happening and get their feelings out. I'm glad that's where you went because I was trying to figure out how do you gain your inch and a half back? Well, I don't know if that's... I, I don't know I mean, if it, that's possible. Is it, is it gone forever? You know... Is it... Is it... Is it... Is it... Is it, is it the ability to come back in, you know, some way. Are you asking if he can stretch it out? I'm not asking if he can stretch yeah, it back, out. But, back in the- but I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, if you're you're talking about erectile dysfunction, he's having issues rising to the occasion. So, you know, at some point, he's not getting all the way to the top floor, right? So can he get the elevator back to the top floor? Well, you know, back in the day, you used to read in the back of comic books, they used to have those pumps. <laughs> that would guarantee to to enhance. I don't you know a what you were reading, but <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure there's some stores around Austin Highway that will what? sell you one of those. I'm sure they had those and the Sea Monkeys and all that uh-huh. stuff. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Uh huh. You remember? I. <laughs> Boy, this show went off the rails, buddy. <laughs> I'm just uh, very concerned. And I'm more concerned <laughs> about all the comments from Michael Jimenez. Is that Jimenez? That is that is Jimenez. Who and can we can we? Can we... <laughs> That's good, Fred. If no, if <laughs> I'm not going to say a word. If um. <laughs> we have some great listeners, man. I'm telling you, Michael. Michael Jimenez, apparently he used to have a growth chart on his wall at home. <laughs> now, a lot of us kids had that, you know, generally in the kitchen, and your dad would put a ruler on the top of your head and then mark on the pencil, or, you know, like my dad had it in the garage. Um, Michael apparently had one in his bedroom. Really? Uh, it's what his 
that, that he just texted the group had lines on the wall <laughs> i don't think he's talking about himself maybe he is i don't know he, he said that had lines on the wall like when we were i i guess <laughs> that's how i'm reading that well i can't wait to tune into halftime tomorrow um <laughs> maybe that's why a show is called halftime <laughs> it's the blitz <laughs> You know, when the Titans were last in the Super Bowl, they were a yard short. Not a yard and a half. No. A yard. Just, uh, you know, a couple just, inches. I've st- it's yeah. a game of inches. It is. We've all heard it. It's a, it's a game of inches. Or an inch and a half. And inches matter. Apparently it's it the does. the between a first down and a touchdown. <laughs> Ooh. So how about them Cowboys? Yeah, how about them? <laughs> Oh, my. You know, some things you just shouldn't send us in the middle of a show. <laughs> That's hilarious. I Keep mean, doing that. What, whatever whatever we were going to talk about there. I have no idea what we were going to talk about there. Do you? I was in the pool! <laughs> Do you? No. No. I, I think we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy, who... Oh, is that, see, I was over here at NCAA Changes going, why are we going to talk NCAA Changes here? There's a big NCAA rule change coming. A, a whole bunch of people voted today. Uh, it, it sounds like the NCAA just wants control Division Two and Three, and the Division One types are going to do their own thing. I, I don't really understand everything that I read today about what what they're doing with their new bylaws. I don't think they have a plan yet, but the NCAA is going to have less teeth when it comes to enforcing stuff on the Division One level is what it sounds like. But what the new... Uh, constitution is going to look like hasn't been explained yet on where the authority lies yeah i don't know because it was i guess going to the conferences would have more power and i you know it was a very confusing article to be honest with you i'm not opposed to the ncaa just going away i mean they're 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 horrible they they are they're horrible um but I don't know what you do, because then if, if you leave it to the conferences, then and how do you rank them? Does the SEC have all the power? Well, the, the it sounds like the Power Five are going to get there. The, what they did is it's paving the way, according to this AP article, for a decentralized approach to governing college sports that will hand more power to schools and conferences. It was overwhelmingly in favor, 801 to 195, which is about 80% of the universities voted to say, Mark Emmert, you're an idiot. Um, you need to go away. We're tired of your crap. Leave. That's what what it sounds like. Now the three divisions have a little bit more power to govern itself. So, in other words, what's good for the SEC isn't necessarily the same that's good for the Southland Conference, and they shouldn't be playing by the same set of rules. No, they shouldn't, and that's the thing. And you've... In my opinion, look, it's it's like having a federal government and state governments, mm-hmm. right? So if you could you could have something like that going, where it, if it's the NCAA or whoever it is, you, you know, you have a set of rules, and then maybe you delegate uh, some rules depending on your conference and where you play and how strong it is and all of that stuff. But the NCAA, I'm not opposed to taking some power away from those guys because they have abused that power over the years. And, um, and, and, and again, it's been no secret how I feel about this name, image, and likeness thing. I think it's ridiculous. And th- that shouldn't have happened. So there's got to be, there's got to be that one governing body, though, I think that has to set and make everything 
Well, and, and just understanding what all the rules are. Right. And and then how to sidestep those rules. And and so what they did, the new constitution is 18 and a half pages down from 43. Well, I, I mean. That's good. I, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're I, I mean, and again, you talk about name, image, and, image and likeness. They've, it's been going on forever. If you get caught, it's one thing. If you, you know, what I hate is, you know. Uh, a group gets as a university, a football team, let's say, gets penalized and they're banned from bowl games or whatever for something that happened five or six years ago, you know, under maybe a different coach. And the kids that are now on that team had nothing to do with what that program is in trouble for. I hope that kind of stuff changes. But, you know, Eric Dickerson has a new book out. Yeah. And in his new book, he finally comes clean on that Corvette that A&M bought him. I don't that think, he drove to SMU. Yeah, I don't think anybody had any doubt that that's what happened there. Well, I, I mean, but all these years, he hasn't been lying. His grandma did buy the car, but some big Aggie booster reimbursed of her course. For, for the car. Right. And uh, Or Trans Am. I'm sorry. It was the gold Trans Am. It was a nice car. It, it was. And he, he got to go down and pick it out, and he thought he was going to go to A&M, and, you know, it really, but he didn't like their uniforms. He didn't, he, he didn't fit in in College Station. And he wanted to go somewhere with cool uniforms, so he drove that Trans Am up to SMU. <laughs> <laughs> they did have cool uniforms. SMU did. SMU, yeah, the absolutely. With, back yeah, then. with the little Mustang on the helmet. That absolutely. was, uh, yeah, was, that was really cool. But it, it, everybody knew that stuff was going on. Yeah, and and you knew it, and and I get that, and I get where they're going with this. I just think this that they've done has just opened the floodgates of corruption. Uh, well. Uh, uh, even more so than than behind. Look, if it's if it's behind the and everybody knew that was going on, and and you'd recruit players like that. But now it's just flaunted out there. Now you know the quarterback from Alabama is making a million dollars. Now you know that the the poor guy blocking for him, maybe he's making five or ten. And it just to me is is well the, not opposed to paying players, Jason. But I just think there should have been some kind of uniform. I don't know. Well, something. I I am very much in. The idea that the transfer portal should not be open 24-7. No. You know, you look at, like, JT Daniels. You know, he transferred from USC to Georgia, lost his job to a walk-on, and now he's in the portal again. You lose your job, you, 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 you know, transferring somewhere else. There's a gazillion kids in the portal right now, but it's open 24-7. I think kind of like recruiting windows, there needs to be a transfer portal window. It's not... Oh, we're five games in. I lost my starting job. I'm out. I, I, I don't think it should should be that way. And the early signing period, I don't think has worked the way the NCAA thought it was going to work when they put it on the table. All it's done is ruin coaches' personal lives a little bit more because they're constantly recruiting. And so, no, you've got the early signing day, and then you've got the February signing day. I wish they'd get rid of the early signing day and just go back to the February signing day. Well, and you've also got coaches bailing on their teams right before bowl games. Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I mean, and, well, and, and they and, have, and they ha that's got to be disallowed as well. Well, but, but again, though, because of the early signing period, we saw coaches get fired earlier in the season because they wanted to get the new coach in place to go recruit. Or in the case of a Lincoln Riley, you know, you, you you lose your game, you get hired at the new school, you've got to leave immediately because of the early signing period. If it was a February 1 signing period, like it always has been prior to the addition of the early signing period, you saw coaches get fired at the right time 
or take the jobs at the right time. Like, you know what, I'm going to get this job, but I'm going to coach my team in the bowl game. Uh, because that's the other thing that I'm not a fan of. While I understand why players opt out of bowl games, I don't think they should. You know, you signed up, you got the scholarship money, you're a part of this team, you've been practicing with these guys, you tell me it's a brotherhood. I understand there's a time where you have to become selfish and think about your long-term future and the millions that the NFL might offer, but the number of massive injuries in bowl games is so little. And even like the kid in the championship game, the receiver from Alabama, he's still going to get drafted high. Well, of course. You know you know you're going to get fixed. Um, and I would say if you're in a non-playoff game if you're a first or second rounder yeah take the bowl off if you're a fourth fifth round guy you're on national tv in a bowl game go show out that might actually help your draft stock it might and they're going to have to do something whether it's the ncaa or whether it's a new system that they want to put in place because really right now bowl games mean nothing if you're not in the top four teams or maybe for smaller schools it does but for bigger schools it doesn't Nobody wants to go play in the in the Sugar Bowl when it means nothing. You know, it used to be it was an honor to play in these bowl games. You're playing on New Year's Day, and you yeah. know you're, you're fighting for stuff. And now nobody cares, especially if you're in Ohio State and you're not in the playoff. Why do you want to go play in a in a bowl game for and, what reason? And I mean, I I do think there's still a lot of value in the bowl experience. But to your point, the Valero Alamo Bowl, for example has elevated to the point where you're getting some really good matchups, but a lot of times you're getting a team here that's disappointed because, you know, like Oregon this year, they lose in the Pac-12 championship game, so their reward is the Alamo Bowl. You know, they didn't get to the to the bigger bowl game, to the New Year's, you know, and so sometimes you do see some of that, yet the Valero Alamo Bowl generally has one of the better games. It does, but again, I mean, it, when push comes to shove, it's an exhibition game. Yep. Right? It means nothing. You're the Alamo Bowl champion. Okay, that's great. Oh. I put a trophy in the trophy game. And I'm not knocking the Alamo Bowl. I love the Alamo Bowl. And what Derek Fox has done with that game is fantastic. And I love what he's done with that game. So you expand the playoffs and you use the bowl games yes, that to I do agree that. With. And I and I think it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And I just, I'm, I'm tired of the argument that, well, these guys have to study and it's just too much football. Oh, yeah, and no. it, it, That's all baloney. It, it really is. And you've it, they need to expand the playoffs. You, you can't tell me that you can't have more games because of study hall. When you get a basketball team that's playing on a Tuesday and then on a Saturday on the road exactly. the entire week. I, well, I mean, it, it, consistency. And again, with everything that they have available to them from tutors to study halls and everything else, I'm not worried about those guys getting enough study time in. I mean, the Harvard guys, maybe the Academy guys, you know, but finals week, all right, don't have a game during finals week. But give me expanded playoffs. Give me more meaningful football games. Because bowl games, the way they are, you're right, they're an exhibition. If you win the game, man, what a great springboard in the next season. If you lose the game, yeah, all right, man, that was so fun. What? Yeah. yeah, let's let's go and it's Christmas time or whatever. It's let's go to a New Year's Eve party. They've got to do something. Can you imagine? The, look at the excitement of the NCAA tournament basketball yeah we all get excited about it yep and I'm, i don't know if you could do 64 teams in football and i'm not saying it but expand it enough where there's a buzz 12 okay i like i like eight or 12 i'm, I'm good with that uh i'd I, like to i'd like to see it go even further than that. really i would see, yes I, I i think at that point 
eight or 12, you get your guaranteed conference champions in, so they all get their automatic qualifier. I'm good with that because if you're a conference champ, you should be in that realm. So that's why I'm good with eight. I'll take 12, but once you start getting 13, 15, 18, chances of you winning a national championship. So imagine Alabama playing uh, UTSA, wherever they ranked at the time. That would have that would have been an ugly football game, and, well, and we you, all you know don't it. know. It's yeah, one, yeah, it, yes, no, we do. It's one football I, game. I, I saw what happened it's to UTSA in their bowl game. Um, they they again Alabama would destroy them. Props to you know UTSA for going and playing and making it that far. But again, you know they had guys that weren't playing. I I'm with you. So I know, you know if, if sincere McCormick plays in that game, it could be a completely different ball game. So if that ball game's a playoff game. Yeah, they probably don't beat Alabama, but you know what? <laughs> probably. You're playing the game. Yeah. All right, Alabama turns the ball over five times. You never know. Play the game. Okay. Yep, play You're the wrong. game. Well, wrong. I'm not wrong. It you is. can't prove that I'm wrong. Come on, Jason. Anybody out there? I learned that from you. Alabama <laughs> could play. Uh, the UTSA could beat Alabama. Uh I'm just saying on any given Sunday, pal. All no, right. Those there, games was a, are on there was a movie. There's a big difference a about movie. Saturday and Sundays. <laughs> Watch Cincinnati on Sunday. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 94.5 FM. We'll get into the Spurs as we continue here on the Blitz. The best scene in the house is on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Minnick, Joe Reinagle. I like that music. It's good music. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little, got a little beat to it. Who is that? I have no clue who that is. <laughs> Am I supposed to know who that is? I don't know. Who is it, Pledge? You're not supposed to know that one. No, I just like the beat. That was a good beat. Uh, that was a good beat? Sure. You don't think so? No, it was good. I'm just, uh, I'm learning your music, man. You know, the judgmental look I'm getting from you right now, it's like, you know. I don't hear a thing. I got to shorten my <laughs> headphones. I don't know what's playing. <laughs> That's why I'm over here. I go, what is, I, I'm, you know, there's a, sh it's annoying. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I hear, this is great over here. I'm it's crystal oh, I know. clear. It's, 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 uh. Well, that IFB looks like it's about 50 years old. Maybe you ought to invest in something else. I ordered one the other day. That's <laughs> a good thing. I ordered one on Amazon. <laughs> they sell IFBs on Amazon. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, anything. Yeah, about $20 cheaper than the broadcast supply company. Wow. Yeah. I wish I'd have known that 20 years ago. Well, it, it, 10 it, years and ago. Again, I've had this one for a long time. Yeah. And I can't find one that has the uh, the cord like this. It's, it's, right. It's a, you know, I, I don't know. But I ordered it, but it will take a little more than a week to come in. So is the short in the cord itself, or is it in the button down here, the plug? It it, it might be the uh, equipment here, but Greg Shelton seems to think, just order a new one, uh, because he doesn't want to come in and try to fix this. this just one. order. order. I, I mean, literally, hang on. <laughs> the other day, he, he just takes duct tape <laughs> or electrical <laughs> tape and tapes it together and says, ah, this will work for a while. <laughs> 
I said, well, do, do you want to check the, the boxes? Like, well, nobody else is complaining that it doesn't work. So I don't know if Rudy's having problems with the, with the box itself or if it's actually the cord or, or not. So he just kind of duct taped this one and kind of typical engineering. Yeah. In between a solitaire games. Maybe the cord had COVID. It's not a length problem. <laughs> It's a working all the time problem. I should have said that. Hey, we got some breaking news. We do have some breaking news. This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Star. Dak Prescott has been fined $25,000 for that comedy made on the podium Sunday after the loss to the 49ers. I'm surprised it's only $25,000. I am too. I thought it'd be a lot more than that. I'm not surprised that he's fined. I figured the apology was because he knew the fine was coming and insincere. But I thought that Roger Goodell would come after him a little bit more when he said credit to them when he found out that it was the fans throwing water bottles and debris at the officials. I mean, there's just something about, I don't know, enticing violence or, or, you know, in knocking the officials the way he has, I thought for sure it was going to be at least 50. I don't know if I'd have been surprised if he would have been fined a hundred grand. Yeah. And, and maybe the apology saved him a couple of thousand. I doubt I don't it. Know. Who knows? I, right. What was, what was strange though, when you saw that video and you know, immediately security is pointing up in the stands and there's this one lady up there. It's like her husband or boyfriend or just a friend was holding her back. I mean, she was really upset and, I mean, like, wanted to jump on the officials. She was upset. I'm sure she'd had a few Miller Lights, but, you know, I'm, or whatever. I, I understand the anger. I was there. Uh, but I that was on the complete opposite end of the field where I was at. I didn't see anything like that. And when I saw the video, I mean, it it was alarming. And then, again, that's why... You know, you kind of think about for for the NFL to only be a $25,000 fine is a bit surprising. Now, it's really the first misstep publicly for Dak Prescott. Yeah, you're right. And and maybe that's why. I mean, generally speaking, he has always said and done the right things. That was the first time, unless I'm forgetting one, if somebody remembers one, where he had to walk something back and apologize or... I don't know. I don't recall ever reading about him being fined for something. I mean, you know, you look at Bruce Arians, you know, slaps a player on the helmet and gets a $50,000 fine. Trying to keep him away from an official. Exactly. And again, coaching him up. I mean, you know, I was a little bit more worried about the old man's hand than I was him (laughs) hitting the player. But you can't put your hands on a player. If that's 50000 the way they try to protect officials... I thought it was going to be more than $25,000. i am sure Dak's happy that it's only twenty five, but I really thought when we heard about the fine, it was going to be massive. Well, I'm just glad, first of all, there is one. I agree it should have been more, because can you imagine one of those, and they were full water bottles, if they would have hit somebody. Um, you're aiming at the official, but who's to say you don't hit a cowboy player or one of the security guys there and really do some damage and hurt somebody. So yeah, it's just uncalled for. Hey, I'm all for fans rights and fans being upset and yelling and booing and and doing whatever they want. But come on. I mean, that's, and 
you know, that really surprises me for Cowboy fans, honestly. And, and it's obviously it's not all Cowboy fans. It was one or two people just no, getting being more ridiculous. One, but, but what happens, though, one or two does it, and more do right, it. Right, right. That's the scary part. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And that, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. What the, I, And again, I don't understand all the fights that happen at games. Now, I understand alcohol, and I understand smack talking that goes too far. Passion. But it just maybe it's just because we all have our phones now, but it seems like there's good fights at every game. There was a fight after the Cowboys yeah. game, but it was it was out of the stadium, and it kind of went out into the grass, and, and uh, yeah, it was a 49er fan, well, Cowboy the, fans, and it was 49er just... 49er fans were talking enough. I mean, that's... That's the thing. If you talk, you got to expect somebody to come back at you with a fist. I and guess that seems hey, to be what happens. I, you know, I'm I'm looking at that scoreboard. That's what I'm doing. And so, you know what? I've earned the right to talk a little trash. You lost. I won. Deal with it. Yeah. When yeah. you're all liquored up, the yeah. guy the guy that doesn't want to hear it, and the guy that's a little <laughs> over the top celebrating. Because I guarantee it's you on the other foot. Cowboy fans are are jawing at that Niner fan. I promise you. Uh, probably. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, but again, you see fights everywhere. Yeah. Again, Dak Prescott fined at twenty five thousand dollars, and I think part of it too is when he thought they were throwing it at players, he was condemning the yes, fans. You're yes. supposed to be our supporters, and right. we put everything. In. No, no, it was at the refs. Oh well, credit to them then. Credit to them. I, I, and then he had a chance later to walk it back, and he stood with it I, again. I, I'm surprised it's only 25k. It should be more. It really should be. I'm, I know it's the heat of the moment. I know the emotions are high. I know they were upset with the officials. They shouldn't have been. But they've been upset with the officials all season. Or the second half of the season, they, I should they say. Well-earned, most penalized team. Yeah, and you know, Jay, I, I'm watching, and they show a replay on every one of those penalties. And guess what? Every one of them that I saw... Well, was a penalty. Well, uh, uh, yes, by the letter of the law, but it just feels like it's not called evenly both ways or if it's away from the play, especially those defensive holding penalties. I mean, somebody on Twitter the other day put out a, a, a gazillion photos of Micah Parsons being held every time he was going in through the line that weren't called penalties. And that's, the, I think, the frustrating part. But the Cowboys earn it. They, they've earned it. And Dak Prescott, I'm not going to be surprised next year he takes a late hit and they don't drop a flag. Ah, uh, I hope that doesn't get to that. I really do. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to condone that at all, and I hope that's not the case. But you're dealing with humans. Yeah, refs have long right? memories. Yeah, credit credit to them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that wasn't late, Dak. That that wasn't no, late. No, that that wasn't late. We'll talk about the Spurs as we continue here on the Blitz. This is Greeny, weekdays 10 a.m. to noon on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. playlist on the blitz hey nothing wrong with this music san antonio sports star espn am 1250 94.5 fm i'm jason minix he's joe reinagle fleetwood mac right absolutely that's stevie nicks yeah yeah it's good stuff that's great stuff stevie nicks uh remarkable voice have you ever seen them in concert Fleetwood mac no i haven't that doesn't surprise me have you yes really yes I saw them a couple years ago at Dodger Stadium as part of something called Classic West, which was an incredible two-day uh, concert with 
it was the Eagles' first show since Glenn Fry had died. Vince Gill and Glenn's son Deacon were sharing the um, lead singer duties for for the Eagles, so it was Deacon's first time on stage with the Eagles. Okay, so we went out there for that. Uh, they did one night as the headliner. Fleetwood Mac was the headliner uh, the other night, and it was um, Doobie Brothers, Steely Dan, Wow, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Journey. Nice uh, at Dodger Stadium for two days. It was it was spectacular. Now, see, I, I could pay for that, uh-huh. unlike the one that's happening in Las Vegas with the, the romance the, chemicals. The, the, <laughs> uh, the uh, When We Were Young yeah. tour brought to you by Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were young, that was not required. <laughs> and pre-COVID, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, one of those, one of those crazy. Uh, Boy, what an hour it's been, huh? It's it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Interesting. We didn't come up short, that's for sure. Plenty of content. <laughs> we have pushed the Spurs all the way to the end. We have, we have. What are you celebrating, Pledge? That it's almost over. I mean, sure, why not? But also, you know, Dejounte Murray should be an All Star. Well, I I agree. He will be an All Star. I'm sure he will. He be. will be an all star. I mean, it, what do you have? A triple double last night in three quarters? I mean, they destroy Oklahoma City. And this is one of the things that is very frustrating with this team. It, now, granted, they're healthy now, but they came out and they played like gangbusters last yeah. night. I mean, that was an incredible display of basketball against a subpar opponent. But the last time they played a cupcake like that, they got their asses kicked. But they had a lot of guys out, Jason. Derek White was out. I know. know, But still. Kelvin Johnson was out. Devin Vassell was out. I mean, they had a bunch of guys out. Now they're healthy. Now they're healthy. So is that? Are you saying that what we saw last night is what we should expect to see night in and night out? Well, they're they're going to play that hard night in and night out. True. Now whether they've got enough talent to beat some of the better teams, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma City is a circus. Yeah, I mean, they're a train wreck. So, this, but the Spurs did what they should have done to a team like that. But that's what I say. And everybody that says, you know, the the whole tanking mentality. Uh, that's a Jimenez thing. Right. So, well, to get the to get a top five pick. Okay. Well, I tell you what, you've got a pretty good foundation mm-hmm. right now. You've got a good foundation with the young players the Spurs have. And I really believe that it's, it, it's something special. I really do. And with some of the guys that they have playing in the G League. Coming up. And I think this is a team that is not that far away. They're not that far away. And the, the there's a good foundation here Absolutely. that you can build on if you're patient in the process. You have to be patient. And and like Jimenez on Team Tank, you're you're not guaranteed the number one or the number three pick or any of that. And even then, I mean, I trust the Spurs scouting department. They're they've got plenty of their history that says that you should but at, at the same time, you don't know what you're going to get. I, I'm not on Team Tank. Do I want in the lottery? Absolutely. What I don't want is like the ninth or 10th seed, and then you're out after one playoff game and they play in tournament. To me, that's the worst. Uh, all right? That, that is the worst. I'm not saying Tank, but I don't know if this team is good enough to get to that level. Oh, it is. I, 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 I want real playoffs. Or no playoffs. Well, it, it is good enough, and they will get there. And if for no other reason, is you've got the haves and the have-nots in the NBA. That's what you've got. And, you know, there's just not a middle ground team. 
And the Spurs are on that bottom tier, but they're one of the better teams on that bottom tier talent-wise. And so they'll get into that play-in tournament. You can you can book it. I, I can tell you tomorrow night should be a lot of fun at the AT&T Center. Patty Mills Appreciation yes, yes. Night. There's another dude showing up that played here for a bit who doesn't get near enough credit, right? It's I like agree with that. The biggest free agent that ever chose yes, us. Yes, And I'm not sure how Spurs fans are going to react to him tomorrow night. I think we'll, they'll be good to we'll, him. We'll get it. But, but Patty, I mean, even Tim Morrow at the San Antonio Zoo has put up a parking spot sign reserved for Patty Mills there at the zoo. Uh, saying you're you're a spur in our hearts. I, I I mean there is that love for Patty Mills that's going to overshadow the return of a Lamarcus Aldridge. Well, I just don't think fans, Spurs fans, thought that Lamarcus Aldridge was uh, all bought in here yeah. in San Antonio. He, he was until he wasn't. We'll right. talk a lot about it tomorrow on the Blitz, starting at four. R and R gets you going tomorrow morning at seven a.m. We'll talk to you then.